Jesus Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine on a Another week of In4G Radio with episode 579 for, you guessed it, November 4th, 2019. It's November, y'all. Yeah. Full swing of the video game season. And. This would be Christmas. Shut up, John. <laughs> so close. Christmas. Yeah, 60 days or something daft, isn't it? I only have 20 days left in my 30s. Oh, shit. I don't want to talk about it, John. Oh, shit. 20 days left to say I'm in the 30s. You joined the 40 club. <sighs> I don't, Sorry, buddy. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, to be, to be fair, I'm four years into that, and I'm still playing video games, so it's fine. I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean, I didn't say it was a death sentence. I just said, you know, I had one foot in the grave. Just feels like, just feels like one. I got yeah. one foot in the grave. Hell yeah, dog. But on the show this week, we got a full house, and oh boy, do we have a video games to talk about. Uh, we have Anthony. I'm sorry, I was muted. I figured I'd be last. Um, hello. Way to, way to fuck up the show. Um, oh, well. Since there's so many of you, I'm just going down the list that, as it appears... In in the chat, we have Jay. You 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 forgot to introduce Craig. He's actually all the way at the top. Leave Craig alone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey everybody. Uh, we have uh, John. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Twice. That's two for two. Indeed. And they're they're playing football over in your neck of the woods this morning. Uh, yes, they were. I don't know who. Yes, was playing, they are. And the two oh, Jaguars are. I have on my fantasy football team are sucking it up. Yeah, well, oh. when you only have three points, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the Wombat. What up, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> why is Craig such a funny name? No no offense to anybody named Craig, well, but Craig is... But why, why is his name Craig? Why I mean, is the recording bot named Craig? Maybe that's the guy who built it and that he named it after himself? I don't know. Or maybe, maybe it's an acronym? Yeah, some, if, if he named it after himself, that's some, that's some real arrogant shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, face it, I don't have it. any friends, so I want to make sure that every time somebody has to record something, they have to type my name, and I got to be in their party. I mean, that's some bullshit, get, Craig. It's a good way to get friends. Who was that guy that added himself automatically if he joined the the social thing? Oh, Tom. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah, space, yeah. the owner. Um, he was that's... the guy who created it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Man, he had a lot of friends. He did. Yeah. But how many? Real friends. I mean, he probably had a lot because he made a lot of money at first. A lot of money. That is true. I'm not going to deny that. And then he sold it to Justin Timberlake. 
for like twelve dollars. Didn't he sell it? Didn't he sell it before that? He sold. Yeah, he did. He did. That's just the only person I remember buying it was Justin yeah. Timberlake. That was funny, and there's nobody still goes on there. No. Why? Why would you go to MySpace? I, you know what? I actually just went to my MySpace not too long ago. Why? To, number one to see if I could, and number two to see if I could find the pictures there. And I found some awesome pictures. Of the New Year's Eve um, party that we had in like 2006, of of me and Ken and the Boogeyman and uh, Gambus playing rock band, Mm -hmm. and that was that was the year the show started, wasn't it? Sorry, yeah, my headset came on. Are we back? Okay, sorry, my headset came unplugged. Um, yes, that was the year the show started. Holy shit! And uh, Brian Peterson's haircut was so awesome that I had to send him a picture of it. Oh my god, God! I don't even know if because it's not even social anymore. It's like a music platform, isn't it? Well, the yeah. last time I went to my Facebook or my MySpace, sorry, my I can't say it. My MySpace page, <laughs> my mind. Um, some fucking song from a band I don't even listen to anymore started playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does like the, you could attach music to your profile. The, wow. To single out your... your oh, it used to be able to script it as well and change your themes of your homepage. Yeah, that was... Oh, a, my God. That was like peak bad internet. Yeah. That yeah, that was. Yeah. Did, did your MySpace um, page have one of those dancing baby gifts as well? Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all we all were doing dumb shit in 2006, Jay. You're not wrong. True enough. I remember when the only access to the internet I had was the computer lab in college. Yeah, it was times. it was different back then. Not everybody could do internet. Right. Because not everybody's computer had a modem. You didn't. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have the internet in your pocket back then. No. I can remember first getting on the internet on Windows 98. Yeah, wow. I think mine was in Windows wow. 95, and the the thing that I would do all the time was the Yahoo chat rooms because I was key. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was Yahoo chat rooms. I used to go on. It might have been MSN chat rooms. I can't remember. Oh God. We 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 went on my friends and I the early days of chat rooms. Uh, my friends and I went on the. This is how what shitheads we were when we were <laughs> late teens. Um, we went on some series of chat rooms. And it was the single but looking chat rooms. Oh boy! Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Married but looking chat rooms. <laughs> oh god, that's even worse. <laughs> and so we went on there and just kept telling people what horrible human beings they were. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Somebody, was, somebody, somebody we tweeted. People. Somebody tweeted the other day about ICQ and how they remembered their number, and immediately my ICQ number popped into my head, and I was like, holy shit. We we my friends and I were having a discussion about uh, AOL Instant Messenger the other day. Oh, I can still hear the ICQ sound in my <laughs> head. Uh, oh, I don't uh-oh. think I ever used ICQ. Oh, 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 oh. 
Can anyone remember a website called FacePie, which was essentially Facebook before? FacePie before... sounds like a porn movie, John. Yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> it definitely lie. sounds like a porn. It, movie. There was definitely a site, um, and it was like it was Facebook, but before Facebook was invented, it was like ahead of its time. Obviously, it, it was just they they created it too soon. No one was really ready for it, but I can remember that that website being horror, horror like very much like myspace and you could customize it and things like that this is very weird <laughs> the internet was a weird place back then that's when you download jpeg porno images and take you like 45 seconds yeah. to get like a quarter of it <laughs> yeah oh here it comes here oh it comes. we're getting to the good stuff oh boy i i i think that the saddest thing is that the generations behind us will never understand the dial-up sound no oh god no i still i still hate that sound you, you could never sneak online in your parents house because <laughs> this just there's just no way to stop that noise from coming oh, out well awesome. not only that but it's like who's got the phone line tied up yeah that's like uh, yeah you used to have to take your phone line you know so your mom goes to answer uh Pick the phone up. And like, get off the phone. Fuck. You, you know, the, wor- the worst one is like when you were on Napster downloading an MP3 and you were like 75% done and somebody called oh, your yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, can you remember Don't when... call me! Can, can you remember when you could download a song in about three hours? Oh, yeah. yeah it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. If then. Just to oh, leave my, my computer on all weekend just to get an album. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, they were the days, the golden days of the internet. Eh, golden? I don't know about golden. <laughs> Miserable. It's, it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like Innocent. playing the first twenty hours of Death Stranding. What? Oh, oh <laughs> what a segue! That is a segue. Right. And a half, I guess we know what we're starting off with. Well, I mean, we can well end it if you want. We, yeah, like, you made the I segue, Ken. So I just let's wanted to let's end the show with that. Uh, do you want to end or begin the show with that? Let's start with it, man. <laughs> All right, so. Is I it mean, out, like, first off? No, it's a week. Okay. It's this Friday. Okay. So we're allowed to put our... The embargo of this game is the weirdest thing ever. Like, you'll notice that any video online of the game is only 20 minutes long, and it's not concurrent. That's because we're not allowed to show concurrent 20 minutes of the game. Wow. Well, to be fair, if you recorded it from the first 20 hours, all it'd be is video clips of you walking. I mean... Yeah, there's a lot of walking in this game. A lot. You know the parts that they like show you certain clips of in Lord of the Rings when they're like walking up the mountain? Can you imagine following that whole walk? Seems like that's the first half of this game. It, it's a lot. Um, and I can only talk about, I mean, detail-wise up through episode three. There's a lot more episodes than that. Um. But a lot of people, I think the biggest question everybody had coming into this game was like, what do you do? And for the first 20 hours, you do what you've seen. You pick up a package. Of, you, well, yeah, you do a lot of stumbling. But you pick up a package at point A, and you carry it to point B. So what's stopping you from getting into like a vehicle and then doing this instead of just walking? Well, first, the thing that stops you from doing that is you don't get a vehicle until probably five, six, maybe seven hours in. Okay. Uh, and the first vehicle you get is a like a motorcycle. And what stops you from using the motorcycle is that the terrain of this world is not flat. Mm. So it literally takes you longer to drive than it does to walk a lot of times. 
Um, also, your bike runs on a battery. And if your battery runs out, then you can no longer drive the bike. You have to set it down and let it charge, which will take forever. And it's only if the sun is out. If the sun is not out, the bike will not charge. Um, you can also build a generator and charge it that way. Is, but is there even, a lot of crafting in the game or something? So there's a lot of things you can build. Eventually you get this item called a PCC, and that allows you to build structures. And um, one of the things I'll tell you if you're going to play this game is stay connected to the internet constantly. Because when you're connected to the internet, there's a shared world of players. Um, not everybody, because then there would just be too much stuff. Um, but you will be able to interact with other people's structures. And you can give them likes, like you're on Facebook. So any structure you come across, you can tap the touchpad to like it. And then that player will get those likes. Um, what does that do exactly? Gives them likes. What does the likes do? It's nothing. It's nothing. Anything like that. No, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything. So, so why do you recommend you stay online then if it's pointless? Well, it's not pointless to stay online because people's structures that they build, you can use. And oh, okay, I, all right. Yeah. So like if somebody builds a bridge over the water, mm-hmm. um, which which sounds like a stupid thing, why don't you just walk through the water? Is because it, when is you it walk, troubled water? It, there's a lot of trouble in the water. <laughs> so if you walk through water, so you can scan anything by tapping the R1 button. And it'll show you the terrain. There's three colors. You know, blue is good. Yellow is a little hard. Uh, and red is don't. That's going to fucking suck. You shouldn't walk over that. Uh, and there's water that can do that. And if it's red, it'll literally just grab you, knock all the cargo off your back, and send you shooting downstream. It's not fun. Mm. Um, the yellow will drain your stamina. Uh, and you need to make sure that you're balancing as you walk through it. And also the baby will start crying if you submerge it in the water. Which comes oh, out well, of your controller speaker. That, well, not if not if you hold it under the water long enough, it won't. <laughs> well, then it's game over, Anthony. And and I'm assuming everybody loves that mechanic. Everyone that's ever complained about Yoshi's Island and how annoying that is loves the mechanic of the baby crying when you enter the water, right? Well, you can hold down the L1 button, press down on the D-pad, pick up the baby, and rock it with the DualShock. And that makes it stop crying. That makes it stop crying. That that lowers its stress. Like when he gets stressed, it says stress. Ba- you know, BB is stressed. If you eat the baby, do you get like higher jumps? You can't eat the baby. Stop stealing the Rick and Morty jokes. You can't eat. The I'm baby. not stealing, and I'm referencing it. <laughs> a great um, ad, by the way. Everybody should watch that. It's a fantastic ad. Um, so. Man, it's it's so it's like this game is all over the place, and the problem is is that I can't talk about like the back half of the game in detail, but I can talk about the front half of the game. And I will say that when you boot the game up, the first hour is incredible. It's got that Kojima long cutscenes, like the characters are interesting, the world is interesting. It introduces the BTs, which are the ghost monsters. Uh, kind of explains how they work. It's got a real dire vibe to it. Uh, and it, it sets up a really interesting world. And then you do the deliveries for the next 20 hours, and it becomes Encumbrance, the video game. So when I have to do something that's kind of boring or something that is not 
remotely fun. I kind of want to have a really good reason for why I'm doing it. Does mm-hmm. the story give a good reason for why you're doing it? That's like compelling. So I like the setup. I really do. The the setup, and I, I don't think this is a huge spoiler, is that you're going from one side of the of the country to the other side to reconnect the world via what they call the chiral network. And I'm sorry I'm going to use a lot of Kojima words here because he makes up a lot of weird things that he calls things in this game. But the chiral network is basically a network that connects everything together. It lets people share information uh, as well as printing on the chiral 3D printer uh, different things that you can use within the world. That's... Why is it we connecting it? Is there is it disconnected for any reason? Was it yes? Was it... And there's there's a lot of lore behind, and I don't want to go into detail of why the world is the way the world is. That's all explained. The one thing you can you can feel comfortable in knowing about this game is it's Ko- it's Kojima's most coherent story. Everything that you have questions about is explained in the game, hmm. and every cutscene that you have seen from Kojima, you know, that are bounced around and make no sense. They make sense in the game. And by the way, if you have not watched the launch trailer, don't watch it. Definitely not. If you care about the story, I was shocked at what they showed in that. I watched it. Um, And I uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe because I haven't played the game, I didn't feel like it was all that. But there's some uh, things they show you in there that you're going to wish you hadn't seen. You do play the game. I gotcha. That is my problem. Because I like literally was shocked because when they told us we couldn't talk past episode three, a lot of that trailer is pa- is post episode three. That's kind of weird. Yeah, like ninety percent of that trailer is post episode three, and I just sat there watching it, going, "Holy shit! I'm glad I already knew this happened." So that was yeah, that was shocking to me. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of encumbrance. So when you set out on a on a mission. Some of them are your normal supplies, like, hey, you need to take this medicine to these people. Hey, you need to take these, you know, these weapons to these people so they can defend themselves. Um, and sometimes you have to deliver a pizza. Oh, good. And here's the kicker. There are usually stipulations on the delivery, so the pizza has to stay horizontal. Makes sense. And if it does not, then the package becomes damaged. Um. I really hope it plays the It's Pizza Time theme from Spider-Man 2, the game. Unfortunately, it does not, but there is a lot of weird shit in this game. Some of it I will not tell you about. Uh, to, to refill your stamina, you have a universally never-ending monster energy drink canteen. Monster <laughs> energy. As in, as in, like, branded monster. Yes, straight up monster energy. <laughs> oh, for oh my god. Um, and every time it rains or you walk through water, it uh, somehow filters the water to turn it into monster energy. <laughs> well, actually, all, Wait, monster, no, no, no. all monster energy cans have the power to do that. People just don't use it that often. That's true. That's yeah. that is a fact. That is, yep. that, is that is not very, fake. Very realistic. That is a fact. Um, <laughs> this game, it's so hard to talk about because it's all over the place. Um, and when I mention the encumbrance, so when you start off and you're going from point A to point B, you want to take some supplies with you. So you'll want to take things like a ladder. You want to take things like a, um. Oh, what's the word that they use to describe it? Like you, you, you plug it into the rock and then you climb down rappelling rope. Um, you want to take an extra pair of boots because your boots will wear out. This game also has everybody's favorite Zelda mechanic of everything breaks. Does it um, break annoyingly quickly or does it actually have some give? Well, Jay, it breaks annoyingly quickly if it rains. So the rain is a mechanic in this game. Mm-hmm. It's not called rainfall. It's called timefall. 
Bah. And any time that the rain comes, it start. It's basically the rain ages everything super fast. Ooh. So when it's, it's raining on your packages, it's actually de- like deteriorating them. Out of all and the this... stupid things that Kojima has ever named anything, that one is actually the coolest name because like Time it fall. actually makes sense to the. <laughs> well, it makes sense to the like because you were explaining that to me before, like. Yeah, the rain ages everything quickly. I was like, that's actually kind of a really neat concept. I don't know, gameplay-wise, I'd find it all that fun, but it's an interesting concept. I'd like to see and, it in action. And that's that's kind of the whole thing of the first half of this game, is that it feels like the game does everything in its power to make your journey from point A to point B frustrating. Is all So the rain not only destroys your cargo... It also is when the BTs will come out, and when they appear, what's, what's it turns into that's the 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 ghost monsters that you see in the trailer. You uh, know the things in the sky, those things. Okay. So okay. when they come out, it turns into a stealth game. So you have to sneak past them. Um, if you do get seen or caught which is very easy because like you'll see the mechanic where you have to hold your breath when you're walking past them. Uh, if they sense you, they will chase you. If they catch you, it will go into this mode where you have to try to escape. If you do not escape, it will instigate a fight. Um, and those are not easy. Those are hard. Those are hard fights. Um, and like everything else in the game, the further you get, the more tools you get to deal with those situations. And by the end of the game, whenever those things would appear, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, we'll deal with this. So. so it sounds like even though you're, in essence, you're doing the same thing of doing a lot of deliveries, you're getting more options as the game goes. And the rules of the deliveries are kind of changing with various stipulations and whatnot, right? Yes. So sometimes there'll be a timed mission. Sometimes there'll be a, a specific mission, like you can only damage this cargo so much, or otherwise you're going to get a worse grade. And yes, as you progress, the game constantly gives you new things that make the journey less annoying. Um, Which is why, you know, the further you get in, it was almost like a Stockholm Syndrome. This game is is literally like the first game where I I had two completely different side emotions. At one point, I couldn't wait to play it again. And at many other points, I was like, I don't ever want to fucking play this game ever again. (laughs) <laughs> because like, it was it was hard or because it was just boring it's boring it's tedious and it's just mundane at times mm. like there is Put it nothing on the back of the box. I mean, it's true it, it is literally true but i will tell you and it sucks so much that i can't talk about this back half of this game is fucking kojima crazy yeah, but I, I got to play but it's i think it's important to quantify what half of the game is how many yes. hours is that I would say that I probably spent 20 hours to get to the second half to get to where it was like, Oh shit, let's go. Let's roll baby. Let's do this. This is, you know, but you also said that you start, you, you realized at partially the, like that you couldn't keep doing side quests. Yes. I needed to stop because if, if you, if you continuously do all the side stuff and I'm not saying you can't do it, you can totally do it, but it is just more of that. What's the benefits of doing the side stuff exactly? So the benefits of doing the side stuff is that each area that you deliver to has a five-star rating system. And if you max it out, you will get... So, like, when you start, you've got level one boots. This is just one example of a piece of equipment. 
if you upgrade the people that gave you the boots enough, you'll get level three. And those fuckers, I'll tell you this, somebody left one in a private locker, those fuckers last forever. Like, level three boots are the bomb. Because <laughs> your boots wear out, right? Your boots wear out. Like, you have a meter on the bottom left of the screen that shows your boots, and they will slowly deteriorate over time. And if you if you let them run all the way out and you don't have a second pair, your health bar is your blood level, and you start at 1,000. And if you wear your boots out, eventually your feet will start bleeding and you'll lose all that blood. You know how some games, like, uh, for example, um, when I think back to a game like Nier, the original Nier, not Automata, um, I adore that game, but I 100% feel like the side missions and stuff like that was not worth doing in that game in particularly. Yeah. So... Well, you don't want to wait a week to, for a flower to grow um, in real time. Eh, you know it has some problems. <laughs> that's not even one of the worst ones. Things. So well, that's what I'm saying. Like it has these eccentric things that are kind of interesting, but to actually do them can be tedious and annoying. But they're side missions. So do you think you felt compelled to do these side missions to the point where if you didn't do them, you wouldn't be geared enough to finish the game? That that is kind of that was kind of the the mentality that I got was that I wanted to have these these items to make what I was doing less frustrating, mm-hmm. which is why I was doing the side missions. And then when I found out where I was as far as the game length is concerned, and kind of the schedule of when I had to review it, um, I needed to see the end of the game, so I stopped doing the side missions. And then that's kind of when the game started to get better for you, right? When I got... There was still a lot of tedium left, because when I realized this, I was about 15, 20 hours in, and I was still in, like, episode three. Mm. And that is not very far in this game. I will just say that. Um, Okay. And I I wanted to get to the end and see the end and see how this thing plays out, so I kind of stopped. I stopped building... So there's another mechanic where you're building things in the world. You can build shelters, you can build roads... You can build um, like private rooms, which private rooms are very beneficial. Use them regularly. They let you restore your stamina. They let you take a shower, take a piss. Um, All of these things are things you can do in the game. They actually create grenades. So it's not like it's a useful function or useless function. Um, But it also allows you to recuperate, get your gear repaired and all that stuff. So. Okay, so there's, but from what I can tell from your experience, I would most likely approach my playthrough in a way where I would do minimum side quests and just kind of get on with the game. Yeah, that would be my suggestion because it's an open world game. So as you can imagine, you could probably do that stuff later if you want to, you know, it's an open world game. But just saying, don't spend a lot of time doing that at the front unless you just plan on not. Like, if you want to know how this game ends and you want to know the story and you don't want to be spoiled, don't spend a bunch of time in the front half of it because it can literally probably go on forever. It's ridiculous how big it is. So, um, I mean, I don't, it's it's hard to talk about anything else because the best stuff that I experience in the game is stuff I can't talk about, at least not this week. You said that you've heard other reviewers not finish the game. I saw somebody tweet the, I think it was Edge Magazine, that said they weren't going to do a review. And I'm sorry if I've got the wrong people. I was just looking through tweets because I was very interested to see what other people thought of the yeah, game. Yeah, I saw, I saw that too. I didn't see the, the publication. I just saw a headline that said that they said they weren't going to finish it on purpose. Yeah, because they got 
they they, they just were bored. Yeah. Like, because that first front half was... Well, that's a bit cheeky, because that's a review in itself. It, it is, for sure. They just didn't put a number or an official score out on it or whatever. And I, and I get it. There were times when I was playing this that I totally did not want to play anymore. And I mean... Uh, I, I feel like as the person that's probably been the most critical of Kojima on this podcast, I'm going to come to his defense slightly, um, but also come to the defense of... IGN same time uh this is a very interesting and different game and IGN gave it a 6.8 and I don't necessarily agree or disagree they seem to have formulated their opinion quite well um but then I saw that picture um I'm looking at the picture because I tweeted and talked about it where people were comparing that to the 7.5. They gave it a 6.8, and they gave, uh, IGN also gave Imagine Party Babies on the Wii a 7.5. And, um, you know, for a bunch of people, they're saying, like, well, you know, make your own decision. It doesn't matter what people think. Um, then criticizing, you know, a video game they haven't played, which I, I don't agree that it's probably a 7.5 for Imagine Party Babies, but I can't say it wasn't. Um, Maybe that was the fucking bomb babies game. You don't know, right? Right. You don't know. <laughs> but you, what was more likely was that, that person was probably stuck playing shitty Wii games all the time because that console had a lot of trash, and all this game had to be was semi decent to earn a six point eight, but or a seven point five, I should say. Um, but it's it's kind of annoying because like it's somebody's opinion about a game and like Kojima's not coming out there and giving IGN shit about their score. So like why would anybody else care? Because I, it's I, the internet. Uh, it's, it's it's just so annoying and it's an yeah, unfair uh, unfair I, I I have to complain about it because it's like it's an unfair example. It's like holding up one of my review scores. Like I just gave Ukulele and the Impossible Layer a ten. I think it's one of the best platforming games I've ever played. Uh especially with some of the choices that they made that I feel pushed the genre forward. Ken gave Death Stranding an eight. That's that's not really comparable. They're not going for the same thing. Kojima was trying something extremely unique with this game from the sounds of it. Whether or not it hits with the person is going to change depending on the person playing. Um, I can't say I've ever played a game from how Ken's described it where you have to ba- figure out the balance of cargo on your back and make deliveries across a large environment and that the way people connect in the world by having to build structures together to make it easier for everyone to play and all that stuff. I've never heard of anything quite like that. When you take risks, this is kind of the result, but that's a good thing. Like the 6.8, someone not liking it, like for the, the chances it took just means that the next time he'd, takes this further it can only get better I, I i'm sorry it's just it's a weird thing that people are complaining about like this game seems divisive but in the best way possible not the worst no the, one's saying this game is unplayable the whole thing with review scores in general and most of us here if not actually all of us have been doing reviews for some time you know obviously some more than others but we have to do is justify our score with the review of the content, right? So yep. basically, we have to make an idea of, okay, you can read a review, and then it can't say something that doesn't reflect what was said in the review. You have to kind of, 
in a show and give them the idea of why you came to this score. Review scores themselves are flawed in many different ways because they're quantified in different ways and different factors. An IGN 8.8, uh, 8.8 is different from what our 8.5 is and vice versa, you know, for GameSpot and every other, you know, that's why, like, you know, Metascores, OpenCritic and everything, congregate scores are so messy, but they give you a snapshot of an idea of whether or not a game is, you know, critically acclaimed or not, you know, just as a, just as a point of view. And that's all that review score is and people who focus on that as a barometer of a game's quality by itself without the content of the reviews are way above their head as far as what they're trying to discuss or even the the quality of a site i think that's the listen i think ign you can uh point fingers at them for various things i just don't think this is a particular scenario because like ken said the first portion of this game after the first hour or so is a little bit of a slog but Maybe that, like, because I haven't played it, obviously, maybe that's important for the latter half being as good as it is. I don't know. But, like, as someone who's been very critical of Kojima for being Kojima-y when he's you know, goes off into his own little tangents, from the what I've heard of this so far is that he's trying to do something new, but also stay to what you know he's great at, which is stealth. Uh, story and all that so i i'm interested i can't believe i'm saying it but the more i've heard about this game even with the tedium i'm like maybe it's worth a shot i i might pick this up on friday i i think my last line of my review was something that will will stick with me for the rest of time about this game is that it's not a game that i was always enjoying playing but it's a game i will never forget yeah that's that's thing that's point in a lot of ways because how many games have you played that we give an 8 to and then don't even remember anything about, Oh, absolutely. Right? There They're are tons throw, of games. Throwaway just... sequels, you know, of games, yeah. of genres, of storylines that we've seen a million times before. And that's what I was kind of asking before. Is Kojima the kind of person that's going to make a derivative game? He's, he's not. If, if This is one of his passion projects. And I knew from the get-go, from the very beginning, when he showed up that crazy trailer and what it was like E3 2016 or whatever, um, that we were going to get something that has never existed until this point. And that by itself is enough to celebrate. And to hear you say that about you always remembering the game and the experience that you had, whether you liked it or not, I think really speaks volume to his creative vision. Yeah, I, I totally agree that there will be people that absolutely hate this game. But there will be people who absolutely love it. There is no doubt in my mind. I can't wait to play. I, you know, it's out. It's out on Friday, and yeah. I wish him all the best. And I certainly will never forget what I played. And I have to say, and and it's crazy for me to say this, but everything you see in those trailers, they explain it. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Because those trailers yeah. seem so nonsensical. It, it, <laughs> trust me, trust me. I know. I was sitting there going, "How are they going to explain this? How are they going to like?" We saw those tanks in the trailer. Remember that? Yeah. 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 They explain that. <laughs> Jay, I swear to God, like when whenever the reviews came out, I'm like, "Great, the reviews are out, Ken." I have three questions. I'm like, "Do they explain the trailers?" <laughs> Yep. Like is absolutely. this the stuff? And and Ken's like yes, and I'm like, oh god damn it, probably in. <laughs> All I want to know is because I've I've <clears throat> I've listened to what you said here and and what you said, and I'm to be fair, I'm not. This isn't. It's not endearing my, itself to me, but I am a real big fan of Mads Mikkelsen, 
Is he good in this game? Yes. You don't see him till the back half. You don't get most of his explanation till the back half. I just, I think he's an excellent actor and very charismatic. I, I think one of the things that bothers me the most about good old Kojimbles and the things that he puts in his game is, is like sometimes these characters are being so very sincere and, and the, the performances are fantastic. But when you look at somebody and call him Die Hardman, I, I just, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, like Coldman. It, it is. It's such a, like, there's so many stupid fucking Kojima-isms in this game that I can't it's, take it. So that's that's my and and that's that's the the primary reason why I think I've kind of made up my mind here over the last couple of days uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this one. Um, in addition to the fact that it just it doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like a great use of limited time. No, um, no. <laughs> the uh, is that it seems like a game that by all accounts, wants its story to be taken very seriously. Mm -hmm. And I just have zero confidence in his ability to pull off something that wants to be taken seriously because of stuff like what you just described, Die Hardman. And there's a, there's a lot worse that I can't tell you. Yeah. I I just, it, it, all that stuff immediately takes me out of his games. Um, If they're now I enjoy, I have enjoyed all of his games but only because I accept them for what they are. And I just don't seem like this, this game seems like it's kind of out of my, uh, out of my taste. There, there's, excuse, there's uh, a lot. Uh, I excuse oh, the, the goofy names in like metal gear. Cause generally they're like soldiers. And I feel like they were like, Oh, it's just code names or whatever. Um, it's a little weird to hear a game where I don't think people are soldiers necessarily. I'm not really sure because I don't know. Have goofy names like that? That's a bit weird. The 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 most the most normal names are obviously you know it's Sam Porter Bridges. I mean, there's obviously doesn't he work for a company called Bridges? Is that yeah? That's why that's it, 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 they'll go into it. Don't worry, I can't go into everything but like the only character that has like a name that's not a normal name that kind of works is there's a character named fragile which fragile in my opinion is the best character in that game don't at me bro finish the game before we talk about fragile um yeah i you know i know what sold me the most on this game though as i was playing deadly premonition and doing all the <laughs> monotonous bullshit and that i went I don't know. I think I like monotonous bullshit to some extent. You're gonna love Death Stranding, Anthony. And, and I have to apologize to everybody. <laughs> if you don't listen to uh, Phoenix Down, I realized that Deadly Premonition is just my Shenmue, and then I felt really bad for shitting on Shenmue as long as I did. You're, yeah. you're, grow- you're growing as an individual, Anthony. It's good to say. It, I still don't like Shenmue, but I just, I'm like, I get why people like Shenmue now. Uh-huh. Alright, um... I guess I'll finish out because once I finished Death Stranding, I kind of moved back into other some stuff. And I just want to say that I played Luigi's Mansion three, uh-huh. and that is the number one game I needed after Death Stranding. <laughs> kind of like a palate cleanser. Huh? Oh, absolutely! Like Luigi's Mansion is the most video game ass video game of <laughs> hey, hunt and peck, find this fun stuff and have a good time. And that's exactly what I needed. Good old so, Luigi. Oh, Luigi's Mansion three is fantastic! I can't wait to. I've only played one session for like an hour and a half, so I don't have a lot to say about it. But I like legitimately had a smile on my face the entire time I've been playing it. It's so good. Um, 
Anyway, we'll move on. We'll talk about other video games. Um, we'll start with uh, Anthony. Uh, again, I'll just go down the, the chat log. Okay, so I can talk about uh, Monkey Ball finally. Um, yeah. Which is still irritating. So, I, I mean, I talked about it last week from everybody knows, what everybody knows. Um, but uh, I even... Uh, I, I, have, I got something wrong in my review. I thought it was new music. It's actually not. It's like music that's not from the main levels of other Monkey Ball games. Kind of disappointing. They did write some new music, but the level music is generally taken from like bonus game, like the mini games and other uh, Monkey Ball games. I'm not super huge on the soundtracks of Monkey Ball 1 and 2. So, um, this is probably the worst Monkey Ball game outside of uh, Monkey Ball Adventure. That's still a compliment because all the games are really good, but um, even back on the Wii, they added the jump feature, which was terrible. Uh, I actually put it on the Wii version to compare. Um, it, it It's just, it's a terrible function um, when you have to roll a ball, jump onto a platform that is smaller than the ball, and then roll perpendicular to the motion. So you have to move forward, land on a peg, basically, and then roll sideways. The camera's going to rotate, so you have to rotate your analog stick. Um, the latter half of this game is kind of a lot of that, and it's trying to figure out which of the monkeys that you want to use because they all have different stats. And you have to finish this game perfectly to unlock Sonic, so there's no point of playing as Sonic afterwards. Um, I get it, but it's also annoying that way. They actually recreated the whole game in Unity, I assume. Because it's got the Unity engine at the beginning, like the Unity logo at the beginning, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, so it's not just a straight port. Um, but it's like the last Monkey Ball game I would recommend, but it's the only Monkey Ball game on consoles. I keep going back to it because I do love Monkey Ball. It's just, it is the, if you have ever played another one and are trying to recapture the magic of one or two you're not going to find that here because it is very different they want you to do a lot of jumping in this game because that's the new mechanic and um the boss fight on the second world is horribly unfun that's the only boss fight that is actually terrible everything else is fine um i've played i played more modern warfare i said last week that it was a sequel or follow-up to the other Modern Warfares. Mookie says I'm wrong on that. Yeah, it's a reboot. Well, here's my issue with that, and I have a... and I, I realize I'm wrong here, but first of all, this game takes place in 2019. The way they introduce Price is not like... It's clearly like, oh, you know this character already. Which is... I understand, like, you know Spider-Man when they reboot Spider-Man. But... Even the characters in game seem to know who Price is. So it just seems like you've just worked with the history of Price from the other game, like the other Modern Warfare games. And this could just be a follow-up. Nothing in this game so far has made it, and I, I can't remember what happens in Modern Warfare 3, so maybe that's the issue. But like I know Price survives. I'm pretty sure Price survived. Yeah, I think it's he does. The, yeah, I think he's the one that's at the end. Anyways, it's, it's just like... it. it and this isn't a complaint, it's just, like, it. that's the reason why I said it. Nothing in this game feels like it is so far removed from the other Modern Warfare games, other than the visuals. 
Wow, there's some fucked up shit in this game, though. How's, oh my how's god! How's the campaign? Is it fun to play? Um, the campaign is interesting. They have you do a couple different things. So, uh, for the most part, it's shooty, McShoot shoot. Um, but there's a <laughs> sequence where you do a lot of drone flying. Uh, there's a sequence where you are on a, you're either on a, you're either shooting from a drone or you're shooting from a helicopter. Um. There's uh, a sequence where you have to get a civilian out by telling them where to go via radio. There's a oh, mission. Yeah, I just did that mission. That's a really messed up mission. Um, yeah. And I'll get to kind of why I say it's a fucked up campaign. Um, and then there's a sequence. The there's a sequence. Not to go too far into it, but there's a sequence where you also are start with a high powered sniper rifle, and it is literally just sniping for the first half of that mission. Does does it have that uh, infamous sequence of the uh, the nuclear detonation? I haven't finished the campaign, it but not yet. Uh, no, it happened that... kind of early on in the campaign of the original Modern Warfare. Yeah, exactly. I don't you guys remember. It's been, it's, been it's, forever. it's been forever. Yeah, I re- I remember it, but I don't remember where it's at in the campaign. I, I know it was relatively early. I think it's yeah. I think it's like a third of the way through the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so you this, should have should have got it by now. Yeah. yeah, no, this is not a. This is a reboot. This isn't a re the remake. Okay, so, so it's not it's, the same it's, story. It's not the same story, and that's the reason why I said it felt like a sequel. Uh, I'm not hitting the same sort of points. Um, mm-hmm. Like so early on in. Uh, early on in this, you are a part of. A, I, I, I'm not sure what he's part of. Special forces, the Piccadilly section ken i don't rem- i know the other guy is what cia or something the cia yeah uh there's but CIA, i don't remember what Price, the other guy i don't remember what the other guy is the english guy is is part of like a special forces unit basically yeah anti-terrorist and so um you you see terrorists drive by while they're in the car and you can't engage until they pull a trigger and they just blow themselves up basically like everything goes to shit in the middle of like you are in the middle of a city and just people are dying around you. This is kind of the no Russian segment. It's the second mission in this game. Um, and the way that mission ends, price comes in during that mission. Uh, the way that mission ends, it's fucked up, dude. It's fucked up. Is it's is real a situation, up. and it's like, yeah, at some point, <laughs> is it that's... is it is it fucked up for a good story reason, or is it just fucked up for the shock it's just, value? It's just fucked up for shock value, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, or... yeah, they don't do that's a true. really good example. Like, you don't go in and you kill a bunch of terrorists around the hostages. They just have hostages there. Um, they, I mean, so there's a lot of there's kind of a lot of a lot of social aspect in this in this campaign about. Uh, kind of the the pl- being in another country and kind of being engaged in the conflict that's there. It's it's clearly trying to not be political while being political, and instead of just leaning into the political side of things, it feels like every time they sort of take a step forward, they try to take a step back. Like, oh no, no, that was too far. Um, like they keep talking about the Russians, and then they're make they've made it their own country. In the Middle East, I'm pretty sure. I'm sorry, I'm not super familiar with the Middle East. I believe I've heard it's fictional. Um, and, like, a fictional uh, terrorist organization, but then they keep talking about the Russians. And it's just like... God, they should have called them Cobra. Uh, yeah, I mean, at that point, you should have just 
made up. Anyways, it's there's some interesting aspects. Um, I, the only thing that I've actually had a real gameplay issue with is at times I don't know where I'm going. Like at one point I had to follow somebody running away from an attack, and I died yeah. multiple times. Do uh, you know where I'm talking about, Ken? Well, here's the thing. They they got away from the follow button because so many people were like, I'm so sick of the follow button. But if you just tap the back button, it'll show you where you're supposed to go. Oh, good lord. Because So there's a point where we run down the street and the enemy forces are kind of rolling in and uh, we have to turn around and the enemy forces are coming out from behind us and we have to run through buildings. And I lost my guide like yeah. three or four times. And I was just like, good lord. Just um, tap the back button and it'll say, here's where you need I to wish be. I told me that. It tells um, you in, like, the loading screen. Of course it does. Helpful. <laughs> um, I mean, there's 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 some moments, other moments, like you have to bash a guy's head in with a brick at one point, which is pretty dark. Um, Isn't there a water torture scene, I heard? I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. I mean, I watched, guys, I watched guys explode when I shot them with the high-powered sniper rifle. I mean, people like, run at you with C four strapped to their chest. That is true, and you have to punt, you have to shoot them, and they just missed. It's, I it's, mean, there's some fucked up shit. The, in this game. the the most fucked up portion of this game, however, is the part where you have to lead somebody through an embassy because it's just an embassy filled with U.S. citizens. These aren't armed people, and it you you it's. It, None of this game feels like no Russian. Like that, I feel like they keep trying to do that segment over and over again, and they're just not. It's not having the same impact. That being said, this game plays extremely well and looks really pretty. Yeah. So I don't hate this game. It's just it's it's kind of weird to talk about because like I really want to love this game, and it just every time it's just like all right, well, this plays really good. Like I was thinking about it the other day because uh, for some reason. Um, Bonnie Tyler was brought up at work and the beginning of battlefield three is one of the most, or battlefield four, I should say is one of the most memorable things to me. And I just can't tell you that any of this game is going to be that sort of moment for me. Uh, the house mission was really good. The house mission. That where you're the night vision, oh, you're yes, going up the floors. That mission that's, is incredible. But that's another one where it's kind of just fucked up because you're it's just very... in the neighborhood. And you can hear the people talking and you don't know who is part of and then somebody draws a gun and you're like, well, now I have to fire. Yeah, I didn't. Price did. Like, so uh, there's also there's also the scene with the door in the embassy where you can open it. Yeah, open it. Yeah, I did. I didn't. Well, it's if you open up. it, you die. So yeah, if you don't, it's fucked up, and it's like God. I damn. mean, they why they, even give is, me the option? <laughs> yeah, it's messed up, and it's but they, they they like I just kind of wish they had done it in sight at that point. You know what I mean, Ken? Yeah, it's because it's just like it's if you're gonna like I know what happened, just do it. It's not like they haven't spoiler everybody. Somebody kills a kid. It happened in Modern Warfare Three, and I think a more dark way. And I know they got flack for it, but again, it's just, this is kind of the pulling the punches and I get it, but it's just, it, it, it's, it's the, it's that moment. It's that one thing that's keeping me from just liking this game. Like if you're going to make it be about like, these are the bad guys, just make them bad. I'm not, you know, I don't like these people. You've made it very clear that they're bad people. Yeah. So. Fuck that. Anyway. And then, uh, 
you're you're Absolutely. talking about the guys that's responsible for press F to pay respects. I think you're asking for way too much. <laughs> but these are also the people that did, you know, no Russia in the nuke scene. Uh, they had a car go off and kill a child and mother. Like they they, they aren't strangers to these really dark moments that are trying to at least cause some impact. Whether or not they do is up in the air. Modern warfare will never be spec ups the line, and that's no, you're funny. right. And maybe I'm looking for that. Maybe that's my issue. But yeah, it's just look it's elsewhere, my, most likely. But it's just it, it it it's that it's it feels like the Ubisoft statement: our games aren't political. Yeah, yes, they are. Shut up! You like it's clear you're making a political statement, so just do it. Don't don't be like you know. Don't be a pussy about it. That's all I have. Like, that's what. I, that's the only word I can use. Just if you're gonna do it, do it, or shut the fuck up and don't. Uh, that's my issue with this game. That should be on the back of the box right there. <laughs> it's just every time. Like I just, it's like, oh, these guys are bad. Oh, but I'm not really the bad guy. Well, okay. Well, the butcher just came in and killed the kids. So I don't care if you're not the bad guy. You kind of are now. I just kind of like, want to ask you to moral. Moral I just kind of want Dick Dastardly to come out to start. <laughs> It'd be a better villain at this point. Anyway, <laughs> the game plays amazing, and when you're with the rebels in the Middle East, that's the most engaging part of this game because it feels like y- these people. I don't know who the actors are, but they do an amazing job of like this isn't war for us. This is life. This is all we have, and you're like you see families, and it's just like yeah, these. Because people are here, like, occupying us. We need help. I, I think that's the most interesting aspect of this game. And then they'll throw you into something else. Anyways, still a great game. Like, it's it, just my complaints are very, you know, much of someone that wants them just to go a little bit further. I also played more Outer Worlds. Oh, that game is good. Uh, I, I, I think it's still good. Um... But as someone who's like finding that I engage in less and less combat, which is fine, but it's like I can just avoid combat at this point. And when I get into combat, I don't feel like it's a challenge. And I'm playing on normal difficulty. I, I don't maybe that's the issue, but I just didn't want to play on like hardcore mode. I don't feel the same tension I feel at any point in time in like Fallout, where because like, maybe there are creatures that can come and kill me. But like I don't know, stumbling into a death claw was always terrifying like it's just these there's these weird moments of like i didn't shoot anybody on that big uh freighter are you, are you implying that fallout is hard by some measure uh no but i'm saying like okay. it, it this game doesn't lack this game doesn't have the the um i mean it can be followed depending on like how you play it like new vegas has that survival mode thing it's just i uh, Outer Worlds has that survival mode too, where you got to drink. And that's eat even and worse. Yeah, that that too. where you can only sleep on your ship and stuff. Um, it just like I didn't want to play in that mode. I I don't feel challenged by anything I'm fighting. I and I don't know. Like I, later on in Fallout games, when you run into a death claw, it's easy. But like early on, it takes yeah you know, either kiting the enemy through like corridors or just sneaking by and i just haven't run into anything yet that's caused me to do that um i still think the writing is the best part of this game and the guy that's got the spacer's choice helmet on might be the funniest thing <laughs> it's pretty great. My, 
Is it named Martin or something? Isn't it Martin? Somewhere? Martin or Mark or whatever. Where if you you eventually get him to break down, but then he just comes back to selling merchandise to you. He just segues and like it, it. This game is a lot of fun, and I keep going back to it, so I obviously don't hate it. It's just like I don't know. I it's it's missing the certain points, and I blame my father for asking me because I said like, "Hey, you like Fallout? You might like this. It's very similar." And he said, is it scary, like, follow? Like, do you feel that tension that you get when you're, like, entering a building? And I went, not really. Because, like, you know, that first segment in, like, Fallout 3 when you enter the supermarket and you make your way to the back, and then the guys enter and go, Mm -hmm. something's wrong over the PA. Like, there's none of those sort of moments in this. But I also like the fact that I can dialogue my way out of most of the combat. Like, I did that with the guys on the lower deck of the big freighter ship. Yeah, I did too. I, I I love this game. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I still like it a lot. There's still a lot to love. I think Parvati might be one of the best written side characters. In oh, any she's of those so types. good. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really give a shit about what's happening in this world. Um, I, but I, honestly, like, I could have. I feel like I could read a comic book of the same thing and still get the same sort of enjoyment out of it. Cause like the gameplay is not what's dragging me along at this point. It's just kind of like what's going to happen next story-wise. So I, I do like the game though. I, I want to know more about the world. Maybe that changes later on. Maybe I just chose the wrong planet to go to first. So, but yeah, that's it. All right. We'll move on to Jay. Okay. Let me, let me hop back to the outer worlds for a second. Cause I actually finished that game like a day ago. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. Um, I do agree with the sentiment that the game is easy, but I I never really played these kind of games for the challenge anyway, so that was never really a point of contention for me. But like we're talking about, like the options and the missions that you undertake, just the variety of ways you can just solve problems or just make them not into problems to begin with. I'm the kind of person that puts all their points into like persuasion, lies, intimidation, so this Same is here. one of the yeah. It's like I would always choose diplomacy over just you know shooting people in the head because it's just more interesting. It just leads to more interesting uh, scenarios, and the outer world really caters towards that kind of playstyle. I've been into so many situations where oh yeah, I'm probably supposed to be fighting all these guys, but I just kind of talk my way through, and everything's everything's fine. And then I get to a point where um, I can basically either take them all out stealthily or just kind of. Uh, just make it seem like I was never there. And I really, really enjoy that kind of option. And because the writing is so strong, um, not just on the main characters of your, you know, you yourself and your companions and the things that you can say, but, uh, just, just random NPCs and stuff like that. They just got some really fascinating and fun things to say. So that's, you know, that's kind of been, uh, what was the most uh, interesting thing about the outer world. And also such a vibrant game, man. Like the visual styles. Like how much of the game have you guys played so far? Yeah, I played about, about maybe eight hours or so. 10, 12? 10, 12? Um, I'm probably in that 8 to 10 hour range. 8 to 10? Have you guys got to, like, Monarch and everything? Uh, not Monarch yet, not yet. No. Which one is, is Monarch? Monarch is not the one that has... I'm on the plan. I chose not to go to Monarch. I went to the planet that needed the distress call. Uh, the one that's yeah. breeding the creatures to make the aphrodisiac... Or no, the appetite suppressant, I should say. I think that's just actually a, a substation or something. 
No, no, no. That was the geothermal uh, plant thing. No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I went back to the. Sorry, I went back to the first planet that had the geothermal plant, mm-hmm. but on a different launch pad. That's right. Um, but Anthony, I would say that the combat is interesting in the way where I think the time dilation system is actually quite fascinating. Because, you know, we have the vast system from the Fallout, and we've always had it since Fallout 3. And it's fine for what it is, because the original or regular gunplay in Fallout is so goddamn terrible. So if you're not using VATs, you're, like, your your crosshair can be right up on some guy's face, and they could miss and go all over the place, and nobody likes that. Um, but for Outer Worlds, if your crosshair is on the target, you shoot, it's gonna land. You don't need time dilation. But no. what it's... What it's there for is for the use of tactics. So you press the button, and time slows to an absolute crawl. Uh, there's a meter that drains, but if you're standing still, if you're not shooting, if you're not moving, it barely moves at all, giving you exactly time to kind of get a surrounding idea of what's coming at you from what angle, seeing the kind of things that the uh, the enemies are using. For example, there's multiple different types of damage that you have. Plasma, um... Uh, was a shock, and I think there's like a null, and I think there's like one other, I'm not sure. But um, those actually use corrosive, I think, if I didn't mention that. So if an enemy is like heavily armored, then if you use acid corrosive, it actually works really well. It does like 50% more damage. It's significant. If the enemy is an uh, you know automaton or something like that, you know, you use shock damage, it does 50% more. If you use corrosive on like a mechanical mechanical machine that doesn't really have much armor on it, then it'll do 50% less damage. So you can really gimp yourself with the kind of the way that you play. And targeting specific areas while you're in the time dilation, like shooting something uh, in the face will blind them. If you shoot them in the arms, it'll maim them so they can't attack you for a time. If you shoot them in the leg, it'll cripple them. If you shoot them in the abdominal area, it'll It'll basically stun them. So you have all these little options that you can do during the time dilation. So once you start actually using that in conjunction with all the other tools and actually getting the right like a combination of weapons for the situation, it actually makes it a lot more fun. You're not, you didn't have to use it because the combat itself is easy, but it makes everything go so much smoother. You're not dumping tons of tons of bullets into things for no reason at all. Well, so. Part of the thing is, is that, and maybe it's just my luck, but I have like a very strong sniper rifle, like abhorrently, abhorrently strong sniper rifle, where it just kills guys super quick, except for automatons. Right, um, but where I have a shock cannon, mm-hmm. so I just walk up to him and just hold that down, and he's dead in no time. And I don't know if it's uh, just because like I have so much money that I can just increase the stats of the guns enough where it just mm-hmm. kind of breaks and then mod the crap out of them. Um, which I do have something to say about the mods too, but I don't know if it's just like my min maxing that has made it like I do yeah. everything. So it, it's, it's hard to tell. I think the problem is, is that, and this is not so much a problem because at least I know that everything has a purpose in the world, but the maps are so small. I can't, accidentally wander into that wrong portion right because it's it is sort of handcrafted that it's not going to send me to the hardest area first because i'm still early in the game so you know like look at new vegas where you turn right or whatever out of the first area and you're literally in a death claw 
um, sanctuary. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's stuff like that where I, I kind of it's wish not, it just let it's me. It's not really an open world game. That's why that. that and and that and then that might that you know what that's probably my issue with it is that it's just it actually isn't an open world game and my brain is still trying to draw comparisons between Fallout, um, and and that's probably causing it. Uh, I don't like the mod system in this game, not because I don't get it, but because I have mods that are clearly used on something, and it's not, but it like not on the armor I have. And not on the guns that I have, so I'm like waiting around, or I get a gun with has, that has a sight on it already, and I want a sight on it. Now I just have sight mods that I can't put on other guns. Like I kind of wish, even though it'd be useless, I kind of wish I could put a scope on a shotgun. It doesn't make sense, but by limiting what I can put on what, it makes it, I just end up having way more mods that I could actually than I can actually use because it's just like, well, you can't use that on this. Let me make that mistake, you know? Let me mess up and put a scope on a gun that doesn't need it because I have to be up close to use it. It's just, it's it's stuff like that. But then also I'm playing on hand-holding mode because clearly if you play on hardcore mode, you, you know, have to eat food and I don't need to do that, so. Right. It's a great game. I feel like I'm complaining about a game I actually like. It's just, I started to see some of those stuff but I, to me, it sounds like you want the game to be a certain way instead of seeing the things that it actually does and appreciating it. It's not; it doesn't play but, exactly the way you if, want it to. But 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 I'll but I'll say this: if it if it made if it decided then though to be like more like how I'd ex- I guess I expected this to play rather than how it plays, and took away the dialogue, I'd be upset more upset than I am now. I just know that I came last week to this this show with way more positivity because I'm still in the kind of honeymoon phase. And now I'm sort of seeing what more, what this game has to offer. And I'm starting to go, I kind of wish it did this. I don't know if it would work better, but like, I have to acknowledge that to some extent, like that's right. just, you know, um, again, though, like the, this, just the fact that the guy that sells you the, brand named crap has this whole story behind him and how he's stuck in the stupid helmet made me smile more than I can think of any game in the last little while. And then you find out he's calling home to mom. You guys will be happy to know that all the decisions and things that you do in the game actually matter. There are tons of different endings. I, I was sitting watching my ending for about maybe like seven or eight minutes because of all the different things that I did, all the different factions that I helped and everything. So seeing the conclusion of that story, conclusion of the various companions that I took on and did, did their side quests or did choose not to do their side quests, and kind of the way I decided to lead them in certain ways, it really reflected the way I played and the way I led my own story. And I think that's something that certain you know, games with a lot of different choices kind of seem to miss sometimes. Yes, they are like still images with narration, but they go into a lot of detail about the things that you've done and the things that happen after the fact, which seems natural. And I think I that kind of speaks volume to the game's writing and also the various amount of choices that you actually have to impact the uh, the ending of the game. It's not just you know choose choose one of three endings. It's going to be like hundreds and hundreds of different variations. Did you play as a dick? No, I I always play as a nice guy. Uh, 
at least on my first playthrough. And then I always say that I will play as a dick the second playthrough, but I never do. So it's just it's just one of those things. I haven't, but when I went to get my ship back after it was impounded or whatever, there was a dialogue. I'm so glad I saved before because I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought I my fight, so I saved. And I saw one of the options, and it was give me back my ship, you sprat fuck. And I wanted to see how he responded to that. <laughs> and it's not like a super big change, but the, the way that they clearly had the guy say the dialogue twice to give off a little bit of a different response. I, I just, some of the mean options, I have to play this game again to play this mean guy, because they're amazing. Yeah, I think it's uh, very highly replayable in that way, because... Like, you can literally do a genocide playthrough where you kill every single NPC in the whole game and then beat the game. That's a thing that you can do. So, I want to see what the hell kind of an ending you get after doing something like that. How how long was it? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't really time myself playing it because I played maybe like an hour or two, like here and there. So, maybe something like 20 hours or so for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't It wasn't crazy long. Um, but I didn't do all the side activity stuff, so I guess it could be longer. Okay, um, so yeah, Outer, Outer Worlds, very good, man. It's it's one of those games that scratched the niche that I didn't really know I had, but I did, and it did. So I'm happy about that. Uh, keeping on topping with, for more recent games, I'm sure you guys have talked about Borderlands through. Who, who has played it? We talked I, about it for a little bit, and then yeah. it, it kind of fell off because I know I stopped playing it because... They still hadn't patched the issues with the Xbox One version of it just fucking locking up your system, and I wasn't taking that chance. And I stopped playing it because I heard there was issues from you and Drew, and I was like, even though I'm on PS4, I said, maybe not right now, wait till it's patched, and then I haven't gone back. Yeah, I, it, it was one of those games, like, um, there was another game this year that was, oh, Bloodstained, where it launched, mm-hmm. and then there were so many issues surrounding the back-end stuff that I just let it sit for so long that I forgot about it and never went back to it. Yeah, that's kind of a, bu- a bummer, because Bloodstain is really fun. Um, maybe at some point you'll get the desire to play through it again, because I enjoy that. Um, but as far as Borderlands 3, I I was really hesitant to even play this game, to be frank. Because the last time I played a Borderlands game was Borderlands uh, the pre-sequel, and I got so bored. Of playing yeah. that game, I I enjoy Borderlands One. I enjoy Borderlands through both single player and co op. Um, it just I don't know. It was just fun, you know. It was kind of just dumb fun. And when I was thinking about picking up Borderlands Three, I was like, ah, it's gonna be more of the same. I know it is, and and I'm not gonna blame them for that because that's what the people want. But at the same time, I think I figured maybe it's been long enough since my last Borderlands experience that this will be fine for me at this point. Because if you leave a franchise long enough and you go back into it, sometimes it kind of you know makes you invigorated on the series or the gameplay mechanics or whatever. But playing Borderlands Three for the for like an hour and a half was just just mind-numbingly boring to me. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the humor is as try-hard as ever. And I'm not saying that, you know, it doesn't have some chuckle-worthy lines here and there, because it does. But it, everything seems so forced. Like, there's nothing natural about any of the writing. Like, compare that to something like when I was playing The Outer World, there was so many, like, random lines that just kind of came out of, you know, characters that felt natural based on their personalities and based on the world-building that the character, you know, that the, the game has actually done to this point. But when I play Borderlands, just... Everything's like, oh, I want to be edgy, I want to and I just don't like it. And then the gameplay, man, it, 
everything is everything is just bliss spongy. I'm shooting my gun, and yeah, there's a lot of different guns and stuff like that, but it's just green numbers that go up. Oh, I'll just pick that gun up, and then I'll use it. And I know I'm being kind of a, I guess like a minimalist when I'm describing a game. Obviously, you can make any game sound boring if you kind of bring it bring it down to its uh its various you know core elements, but. I, I think I'm just done with Borderlands, man. If it if it doesn't change significantly to the point where it is, it is no longer recognizable as the same product, I think I I'm just done with the series. It's kind of like the way I felt about Halo when I was going back to what was the game after Halo three? Well, I guess it's Halo four, right? Halo three, ODST. No, actually, I actually really enjoyed ODST. Okay, I was gonna too. say yeah, it's four. Yeah, uh, when or, I played I Halo was, Four, was Reach was after ODST. Oh, Reach, right? I I also played Reach, and the next show was okay. I didn't, I, I didn't love it. I but. like I like Reach. Yeah, Reach or, one of my favorite of the single player. Uh, yeah, I think Reach might be my yeah, I, might I be my favorite. But yeah, no, four and five four got but, rough, and five yeah. was rough too. It's, it's that feeling that I got. Like imagine playing through Halo One, Two, Three, ODST, and Reach all to conclusion, and enjoying all of them, and going to the next game, and then just falling off super hard. To, to be and that's, fair, that's kind of how I feel with Halo Four. The issue was not that it was more of the same. It was that it was more of the same, but also different. Like, they did things to that game that made it play differently, and then in 5, they even took that a little bit further, but it didn't feel like they were reinventing everything. anything. It just felt like they were just complicating what was working already. And you know what? I loved Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which I realize is not a popular opinion in this group, um, but, like... Uh, even I can't tell you, like, yeah, Borderlands 3. Like, Borderlands 3 feels a lot better to play, but I haven't gone back to it. And it's not because I've been waiting for a, a patch at this point. I just don't care enough. Like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't felt I like that series. What happened? I, I haven't felt the want to go back to Borderlands either. And, it, and it's almost because, like, I don't know. There's nothing driving me to play that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. It's um, it's kind of a bummer, man. Like a series that you've been following for a decent amount of time at this point, and you just kind of fall out of love. I guess that's just kind of how it happens. You just fall out of love with certain things, and that's the natural course of things. So I shouldn't be too bummed about it. But I do hope that Borderlands or Gearbox, uh, as a developer, find their feet again and make something uh, interesting and unique that I'll be excited to jump back into. But Battleborn is... too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. Uh, I would love to see that. Uh, I would not. I would not. I hated that first game. No, I, I I hated the first game too. But I'm saying I would love to see them try again. Oh sure. Imagine no, no, no. the balls to try that game again. You no, know? you gotta you gotta go right back to the beginning. Back to Half Life expansion packs, everybody. Oh, Duke Nukem Forever 2 can always be a thing because they own that property you, as well. You know that's coming. You know they're going to yeah. make another Duke Nukem game. Yeah. They they will eventually, and uh, that's that's very difficult to imagine being With great. With the same great writing of Man. I played Duke Nukem Forever this year. They make three, at least two, but maybe three jokes about like a small Duke being shoved up a woman's vagina that I don't... It wasn't funny the first time. And they went and did it again. <laughs> I mean, if it ain't funny the first time, you just keep ramming it down people's oh, throats. Jesus Christ. That, that's, that's, not, the, not the word choice I'd use, Ken. No, that's why I used it. <laughs> that, that does work sometimes, but uh, 
most of the time not. Um, but yeah, so two two different games. I guess original IPs nowadays kind of seem more interesting to me than just regular sequels. At least the ones that are not super story focused. Uh, on the flip side, another game, another series that I've been following for a very long time, the Atelier series, um, put, you know, came up with a new title, Atelier Ryza. And uh, this one actually kind of reinvigorates the series in a lot of ways. Taking risks with um, some of the things that they're doing, with the way they're presenting the story, uh, going going in a different direction with the combat, making it uh, turn-based but active time, where your AI compa- uh, you know companions are kind of like doing their own thing. You can switch switch between them at any given time. The combat is really lightning fast, and you're kind of making decisions on the fly instead of the typical turn-based combat. The alchemy system is presented in a very different visual style with like trees and branches and stuff like that. So it's it's an Atelier game at its heart, but it does things so differently that it feels really fresh. And I'm very much excited to keep playing it. Um, and I can kind of see why people were excited about this game in particular. I hear it's actually one of the best-selling uh, games in the series uh, in, in the only, like, what, like, five, six days it's been out. So that's really nice to hear. I've always enjoyed this series, but I have felt that it has been stagnant for a long time, though, so... Seeing them take the the risks and everything. As someone that's looked at this series before, can you just give me a brief primer on what 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 this is? Okay, so basically the idea, you know how JRP, oh, we're all gonna die if the hero doesn't come to our aid, and blah blah blah. You know, it's all doom and grim and everything. In the Atelier game, is more light-hearted. It's kind of like the first Atelier game on the PS3 Verona is basically, hey. If I don't become a better alchemist and start providing for this town and start doing jobs, I'm going to be homeless. And that's it. You do your job. You, you get better at doing your job. You go out into the world, fight monsters, gather equipment, and you know, synthesize items for people. And you have a you know, variety of companions you can go, grow closer to. But ultimately, you're just trying to not be homeless. And that's what the game is. You have these bubbly, cute anime girls interacting with each other. It's got some funny humor here and there. But you can make some outlandishly crazy stuff by create, being creative with alchemy. And that's kind of the, the place that um, it differentiates itself from the other JRPGs, where you can get really, really insane with the weapons, armor, accessories, and stuff like that you can create. So if you like... Um, like customizing your party with crazy equipments, like going over the top. If you enjoy anime, um, like um, I guess kind of like a slice of life, kind of lighthearted adventure kind of deal, then this game would be right up your alley. Is there, and this is just because I do have interest in this type of stuff sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, are they all one continuous series or are they each separate stories? Oh, so they do them in kind of like trilogies or quadrilogies, depending on the scenario. Like, uh, they had a, a trilogy, or actually it ended up becoming a quadrilogy at some point. So, one game series that took place in a sequence, and Ryza is the beginning of another trilogy. Okay, so if I yeah. jumped in now, I would not... Yeah, you would, you would okay, not perfect. miss out on any single thing. This is, that's one of the great things about it. You don't have to play fucking 18 different games to understand the story yeah, thus far. Yeah, that's... Honestly, I thought that... I've looked at them and I went, wow, there's, like, quite a few games in this, and I don't know where to start. And they don't if, uh, ever call them, like, 
two. They always have different names. Yes, yes. So they okay. always use the alchemist names as part of the title. So it's a little bit difficult to follow. But I would say based on my like two, three hour uh, impression so far, Ryza is an excellent place to jump in. All right. Well, I might um, ask you later on how you feel about it. And then yeah, it I'll be I'll be writing the review uh, once I'm finished. So I, I guess you can look to that. But you can also ask me too. But I have high hopes. Um, I'm I'm very impressed because. You know these uh, these guys have been making these games forever, and uh, it's been a long time since they, they took a risk like this. Uh, I have some other games that I've been playing, um, but I'll be very brief. I finished Code Vein. That's a game that I did not think that I wanted to play or that I wanted to beat even, but it's a game that once I started, I kind of kept feeling the desire to go back to and just keep playing till the end. I'm not even sure why. The game doesn't even play great. The game doesn't look great. The storyline isn't great either. Everything is just kind of average. It's the most seven game I've ever played to completion. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I just kind of like Souls-like games. And this particular interpretation of it kind of was interesting enough for me to play all the way to the end. It also helped that it wasn't that long either. So I finished that. Um, uh, Astral Chain was, was great, but... As I got further into the game, um, like the 30 frames per second limit on a Platinum game kind of ended up bothering me more than I thought it would. And that's kind of a bummer. But um, still enjoyed it a lot. I think um, as far as new IP goes, it's it's fantastic. And I think everyone should at least take a, take a look. But if that game came out in PC like you know a lot of the other Platinum games have been, uh, I would definitely replay that game again on on a better hardware to see how that game truly plays. Like the combat can be so amazing. Uh, uh, Luminous Avenger X is uh, kind of like a spinoff of the uh, Azure Striker Gunball games. If you have ever played those games from Inti Crates, they're to be to me they're the true successors to Mega Man outside of obviously Mega Man Eleven because it's an evolution of the the, the side scroller platformer shoot 'em up kind of genre and this one in particular is very interesting because it stars a character that doesn't play like Mega Man at all. He has this ability to dash, like air dash like horizontally uh, like uh, horizontally and also like diagonally and he has the, if you're good enough you can basically never touch the ground and beat most of the game um, and it's, it gets kind of crazy. It's a game that's really goddamn easy if you're just playing to beat it but if you're playing to be good at it and to play it in a way that's stylish, that it can be very, very difficult and rewarding. And that's kind of what I like because it's one of those games where a, a casual player can pick it up and enjoy the little bits of the story and see the crazy animations of these like, different bosses and everything. But if you really delve into the gameplay, you'll see how crazy you can get. Um, and I, I enjoyed that. It's just one of those skill-based things. You know, kind of like... You can play Devil May Cry just by using the same four-button combo of the short, uh, sword slashes from beginning to end of the game, basically. I feel, I feel attacked, but yes. Yes. Uh, you also need to dodge every now and then, but yes, you, you can't do that. Um, Power through, take the hit like a man. Nah, nah, nah. You can't, you can't do that. There's not enough <laughs> healing items. Um, but you can do that completely and utterly ignoring the stylus. But that is a boring way to play that game. And that's kind of like the feeling that I get playing uh, Luminous Avenger X. And that's, that's, anyway, that's to be mentioned in the same breath as like, you know, Devil May Cry, like Bayonetta, in the way that you want to be stylish while playing this game. I think that speaks volume for the, uh, did, the game's quality. 
they did a horrible job presenting that game because I didn't know if it was a reissue of Gunvolt 2 mm-hmm. or, or anything. Like, I like that series, but good lord, I could not figure out what it was yeah. in comparison to the rest of the series. They they put a little t- subtitle on top that says Other Vault uh, Chronicles or something like that. Yeah, to kind so of let like, you know. Yeah, so I'm like, is this? But is it a reissue? Or nah, it's, it, it's, it's totally okay. new game spin Perfect. off with the, with the Copen character as the main lead. And uh, the good thing is, Other Striker Gunvolt Two allowed you to play as both characters, but the level design could not cater towards Copen's no. uh, maneuverability. But this game does a hundred percent, and that's what makes the level design so interesting and fun to mess around with. Uh, and uh, that's it. All right, we'll move on to John. John, you still awake? Yeah, I'm still here. Huh? I haven't heard you in a while. Yes, <laughs> he's sorry. He's too busy playing the Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Yes, we see John. Yes, I know. Um, so I'll be quick because I've not played a lot. I played some more Outer Worlds. I continue to love that game. Um, and I played some more uh, Children of Mortar, which I also continue to love. That game gets oh, John. Really before good. you before you progress, I mm. was actually curious about Children of Mortar. How good is that? Very, very good. If you like uh, sort of dual stick. Um, roguelites then it's uh, it's a really well done one of those it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's got an engaging story about a family whose job it is to protect the lands from this corruption that is oozed from the mountain uh, they are called the Bergsons and they come from a uh, the lineage is they are there to protect the the lands and um, this corruption comes and starts infecting everything. I was waiting on the Game whatnot. of Thrones music to start. Holy shit. What? Sorry? <laughs> you were like in all these weird names of places. I was just waiting. But it's what I kind of I enjoy about it is that it's got a narrative hook, unlike most of these types of games where as you progress through. Even even when you die and go back to your homestead, it's uh, the story kind of continues, and uh, you unlock new characters. So you start off with like one of the family members, a father, and then um, a few goes, uh, a few sort of trips in, and another member comes unlocked, and and so on and so forth. And they all have different play styles. Um, but uh, I mean, as its core, it is a, a roguelike. You go through a, a run of a dungeon. It's procedurally generated. You unlock uh, these things called runes uh, that give you buffs to your attack and you can unlock uh, I can't remember the name of them but they're like um, uh, they're just basically buffs and things you, uh, that just make you run uh, different each time and hopefully we'll, we'll um... Um, you know how a lot of people's contention for roguelikes is that once they die they lose basically all progress and they they gain nothing how mm. about in this game do you get at least permanent bonuses that are you do there? so you level up each character as you play them and you put skill points into their um their skill tree they remain unlocked and also as you sort of dump a certain amount into each skill tree they unlock a sign of a passive ability that all of the characters in the family oh, will have on nice. their run through so and you of course are uh, you keep the money which you can save and that money is then used to upgrade your, your your weapons and your abilities and um and things like that so there is although um there's no real penalty for dying so mm. on the flip side th- there's no kind of it's not a continuous thing. So if you are doing a level, uh, a dungeon, once you've done the dungeon, 
that's it. That run is over. So you then go back to your homestead. You can't um, uh, keep going to try and, you know, because you've got a good, you know, you've got some good equipment and some good items that you've picked up on that run. That run is over. That's it. So on the flip side, you've got that. But yes, there's no real penalty other than you've just got to start the dungeon again. But it's a lot of fun. It's certainly worth picking up. It's on um, PC and uh, Xbox. And I think it's coming to Switch later this month but it's very nice a cracking game cracking game yeah i'm gonna pick it up for sure um but the other thing i've been playing is um a game called doramon uh season story of seasons now i knew nothing about this when ken gave it to me for review um either part of them either part of that or sorry are you familiar with Doraemon? No, no, okay, not at all. Old, old I am now. Anime. Okay, I am well, now. I don't know um, if he introduces <laughs> it or if it's just a skin. Um, no, I, it's you know, it does just begin. You, I had to look this up. Um, so that's how I'm familiar with it. Um, so yes, Doraemon is a uh, very long running. Uh, Japanese anime cartoon. Um, I think predominantly aimed at younger children, but it's Doramon is a cat. It's a robot cat. He's blue and he's got a friend, bunch of friends. And in this world, um, they get whisked away by this magical tree or magical storm. Sorry. Magical storm that grows <laughs> from a tree or something. What, what, what the fuck am I listening I know, to? <laughs> I know. It's bizarre. Um, but, uh, the, Doraemon and his best friend Nobi Nobi, and oh, fuck me. their other friends get whisked away to this other world that they have no idea. Uh, well, they have no idea about. So they, and, and in this other world, uh, they um, they engage in what would only be called as child slave labor. So, oh, this went dark real fast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So basically, while they're trying to figure out a way of how to get back, um, they've got to be put to work. So your friends get jobs in the bakery or the the general store or the the lumber mill, whatever. They all get, but Nobi Nobi doesn't have a job. So uh, the person who first found them when they came into this world says, "Well, I've actually got a spare farm, as you do." Why don't you look after the farm, and then it becomes Stardew Valley, um, and that's how that's how you get free slave labor, and that's how you get free slave labor. Um, it's yeah. So this is Stardew Valley. This is that kind of is thing. It, you, is it though? It's, it's very it's, yes. Well, it is. But do you co- do you, do you do combat in it? Um, not yet. But this, I know that Story of Seasons is literally the people that made Harvest Moon, but they lost the license to Harvest Moon. Oh, so they just decided to go and get well, another license. N- Natsume owns the the name Harvest Moon, but Natsume gets somebody else to make Harvest Moon now. So if you buy a Harvest Moon game, it's not by the Harvest Moon people. Story of Seasons is Harvest Moon, basically, but without the name. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Let's uh, let's say it's it's not like Stardew Valley in the fact that I haven't come across any combat. It is in every other way. So it's a game's harvest move. It's Stardew Valley. It's that thing. You you are um, growing crops. You are tending to them. You are chopping wood. You are cracking rocks. You are mining um, in the uh, ultimate goal to get more stuff to then upgrade your tools to get more stuff faster. Um, you have a, uh, you know, you have a, uh, friendship level with each of the friends that you've got and the new friends that you make and um you have 
days in the calendar where events happen and you have seasons where you can, you know, only sow certain types of plants. It's, it is exactly that type of game. It's just not as well done in the fact that it's just so slow. The, it takes ages to do anything. So the, the tutorial took two hours. Sure. And it, and it was literally, they, in dialogue, explain what you are to do. You then do it, and then they explain the next step of it. You are then to, it took forever. When you are, um, mining, everything takes ages. You, um, on certain aspects, you can't, um, so for example, if you are chopping down trees, you have to then individually pick up each piece of wood instead of them just zooming in. You know, you just you collect them. There's those kind of sort of older style mechanics that kind of let this down, whereas more recent games that do this have found ways to streamline everything. Um, it's very pretty. Um, it, I mean, you can... I mean, it's a lot of love gone into this. The animation is really good. There are cutscenes that I can only assume are in the style of the animation. They look really, really good. The music is hell and all charming. Um, very, very cute and quaint. It's just not a, you know, this game has been done better. Well, I mean, story, if you look at Story of Seasons it, and this game, they look identical, basically. They just have a coat of paint on that's Doraemon. And- right, okay. And and am I crazy, or is, am I thinking of the actual Harvest Moon? Um, it, it kind of looks like browser game material. Am I, um, am I do I have the right one? Because I know one of them was really rough. They're, they're, no, both came around no. at the same time. I I mean, again, I'm I'm going by this. Um, this does not look rough. Um, it looks really nice. Uh, it's one of the things it's got going for it is that it's got such a nice charm to it. Um, the animation from when you're moving around, the, even like the small details, like his, um, Nobi Nobi's backpack sort of shuffles as he's running and it, it looks really, really cool, cute. So that is certainly, um, it's certainly got that going for it. It just isn't, it's just not the best one of these that are out there. Uh, as I say, I had a, a lot more fun with Stardew Valley, um, because it moved things at a faster pace. This does things a little bit too slow for my liking. Um, but it is one of those games. If you like those kind of games, you'll, you'll probably get something out of it. It's, uh, um, it, it's certainly probably aimed at, at, at fans of that type of genre. That's it. That's really all I played. All right. Uh, so we will move on to the Wombat, who is also my, probably asleep, right? No, I've, I am, uh, I'm awake. And I am available. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. So, uh, I mean, the stuff that I've played is basically all the same stuff as um, I had played last week. Um, I finished up my reviews for the two um, Infinity Engine game collections, um, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, and um, Icewind Dale and Planescape Torment. Um both collections are good. Same uh, same sort of feedback that I had last week. The um, you know I did run into, which was unfortunate, a glitch on Siege of Dragon Spear, which is the new 
uh, game that uh, Beamdog created to be a bridge between Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. I did run into a glitch where I had to reset my save because um, a character that's supposed to kind of follow you down in the prologue didn't follow um, and actually disappeared. Um, So I couldn't get out of the prologue area because the character disappeared. Um, So I did have to reset my save. Once I reset my save, it was fine. But uh, that was that was unfortunate for sure. Um, But other than that, you know, the games play play well and they're. They're obviously some of the most classic RPGs of all time. So Western RPGs, at least of all time. So um, good games. Um, I have pl- uh, played some more WWE 2K20. <laughs> unfortunately, your game of the year so far. Oh my god! It's I haven't booted not... up my copy, but I have one. Did you buy it? Really? <clears throat> no. Oh no, I did not. Okay, good. <laughs> I have a copy. I did not buy it. Okay, good. Well, you, yeah. You I mean, okay. Up, listen, honestly. I watched that video on repeat and died laughing at work and made a show, made everybody else watch. Which the, one? See, the one where you were kicking the person <laughs> with the trash can on the ground. Oh yeah, 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 that was pretty great. Oh my yeah, god. Um, yeah, that and that actually, believe it or not, is post patch. Um, where they supposedly <laughs> supposedly fixed the collision detection. Looks like it. Um, yeah, sure. Um, you know what though? My I son mean, and I played. My son and I played a match. Um, just a little bit ago, and I didn't have any issues in that match, other than the fact that I don't know if it was the 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 stage that we picked or what, but it um the game had like a, a weird um kind of fuzzy filter around it i don't know if that was the the stage or what but i mean that's the, how you I, make sure you can't see the graphics apparently well i mean you guys saw the, the video that i posted of the backstage area i hope on twitter um i don't know what is up with the, the vertical scan lines or whatever they are in that uh, but i, so, I can't I can't play that remember, mode. Yes, you say. Remember it, when we were talking about things that make me want, like how I said I can't watch, uh, I can't have anything uh, screen tear, or it makes me yes. vomit. At a certain, yeah. That's another thing that'll make me vomit. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it's impossible for me to play without getting a headache. Um, so it's only in the backstage area. So I'm not sure what it is, but it is. It's very weird. Ryan, um, you've been following this series for a while. I know you're a big I, wrestling fan. I have played just about all of them since SmackDown vs. Raw on, or actually since the original SmackDown on PlayStation. If we're going back that far, well, was it was it often this bad, or is it is this one especially bad? For- no, it's so it has um, it has never been great. Mm-hmm. It's always been average to poor. Um, this is a special version of bad. Um, it's, it's very apparent that Ukes left, um, presumably either in the middle of development or before development had really started. And, and trashed all the computers on the way out or something. Apparently, because uh, it is, it's, it's a whole new level of bad. They, they haven't been this bad in a long time. Um, the, it's, I, brutal is the only way I can I can say it. It's, wow. it's insanely terrible. Um, um, 
How, how well does this game sell? Does it have a large audience, or is it kind of a... Oh, it, yeah, it's got a huge audience. Yeah. Yeah. Must um, sell people well for it to be yeah. this bad for this long and still get made every year. It's the it's the only WWE wrestling game that exists. Mm. And, and that's, that's the problem, isn't it? It's... That's, yeah, I mean, when you, you know, when you have a product that... And it's lazy. You get lazy, don't you? Complacency. Yeah. I mean, let's... Just to, to be 100% frank, um, the, the WWE product itself has been lazy and predictable and boring for years. And there are still two and a half million people to watch it every week. Um, so, you know, that now, thankfully, there's a new option in town. Um, but the that you know you still have that audience that's going to play it um unfortunately my my hope especially considering this year had a bunch of refunds and stuff like that on playstation at least um my hope is that this will be the, the last year for that um i i hope that this game does so poorly that it forces them to take some time off um, but I'm also realistic about the fact that um, the game being shitty's never stopped them before. Um, yeah. This one's just money evil. talks. Money talks. Uh, I mean, well, it, it sells. Listen, the um, not to get not to get on another tangent, but um, the, the we're talking about a company that has an agreement twice a year to do a show in Saudi Arabia, um, and. Um, where just this past week did a show in Saudi Arabia. Apparently the owner of the company had some sort of disagreement with the the crown and um, Saudi Arabia, even though no one will say this basically held half of their wrestlers and crew hostage for 24 hours and canceled their flight and made them take a new flight the next day. Um, All in the sake of money because they're getting paid a whole lot of money. so it's it's not um WWE's got a lot of problems right now and um my guess is this game being shitty doesn't doesn't land in their realm of problems. <laughs> um you know we we mentioned last week or I mentioned and I think Anthony echoed last week that um of all the human beings in the world who believe that all publicity is good publicity bad or or good Vince McMahon is like at the top of that list. So if WWE 2K20 is trending on Twitter, even though it's trending because it's terrible, he's okay with that. Well, I mean, let's let I'll be honest right now. I, I say a lot of stuff about wrestling. I've not watched a single episode of WWE ever. I've seen bits and pieces, but that doesn't really count. I've never watched a single event. I know about it because A, I have friends that watch uh i listen to stuff where people like that and you know it's 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 fun to listen to people be passionate which is why people don't listen to this show and (laughs) um but uh the other thing is if you go on after a wwe event most of the time it'll be trending on twitter and none of it's positive no none of it everybody Uh, i follow on twitter that watches wrestling all they do when they watch it is is what is complain about it? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's well, WWE is terrible. Um, oh yeah, but they still watch it. That's the and, thing. And, and it's funny. It's because, like, uh, 
Ryan brought up last week the fiend with because the DLC is a nightmare and stuff um, on the new uh, game. Uh, I know about the fiend because they they ended a match against their own rules and stuff, and it's just like anybody running a product that wanted to make a quality product that people talk about would not let what happens in their main event happen the way it does. And and it's just, he's, uh, yeah. Vince, and, and again, like, AEW exists because wrestlers that were in the WWE didn't want to be a part of WWE anymore. It's true. And and I they're mean, likely for, well, going to... to be fair, that's that's part of it. There are a couple wrestlers that are there that that's the truth for. The other side of it is there are a series of incredibly popular wrestlers that decided they never wanted to be a part of that company and never that worked. Is, that, is, that is also true. That is also true. But watch. They, like, everything you hear about AEW, for the most part, unless if the person has WWE in their avatar on Twitter, is positive. Because when you... They are trying to build a fan base, and I realize they're still new and fresh, so that is important for them. But they... I want to watch AEW's product. I've never felt any compulsion to watch WWE. I want to watch AEW. And they are likely the ones that are working with you, as Ryan said last week. So could, could be. They rumored. have given the indication that they are more likely to try and work with. And as a matter of fact, Kenny Omega, one of the wrestlers there, um, who's a huge, huge gamer and has a huge presence in both the gaming and fighting game community. You mean the guy that just came out dressed as Sans? Yes, the guy who yeah. just came out dressed as Sans. Um, has indicated that, and actually reached directly out to on Twitter, that um, they would like to work with Sin Sophia. Um, of course, the the remnants of Aki who made the the sixty four wrestling games. Um, uh, okay. that, that's their preference. Um, but it's that's I'm sure I'm sure some negotiations going on behind the scenes. Whether or not that group wants to come back and make another wrestling game, I'm not sure. But um. They, that's sort of people have been begging for a return to that style of game for a long time. And um, the wrestlers on that, that they have an entire roster full of um, gamers essentially. Um, and so they, they kind of understand why people want to go. Well, back I mean, to Cody that. Rhodes is a huge Zelda fan. He not just a huge Zelda fan. He, um, he did have Zelda on his tights when he was in WWE, that's right. but um, a couple a couple pay per views ago, he came out dressed as Alucard. Um, so yeah, I mean they're all they're all kind of nerds, but um, uh, yeah. Now anyway, the the the, the punchline here is that WWE WWE two K twenty sucks, and you shouldn't buy it. That's the punchline. Boom. Um, and even if it didn't suck so bad, you probably shouldn't buy it either. Um, short of that, I won't spend any more time on that game. Um, I did play more Outer Worlds. Uh, I'm st- I'm still enjoying it for the reasons that I mentioned last week. Um, the I do still have some of the problems with it that I mentioned last week. Um, but overall, I think it's a it's a solid game, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, and then I do have uh, NBA 2K20 to review as well that we just got. What Friday, Ken? Yeah, something like that. So. Thursday, maybe. Um, I have not. Uh, I've downloaded it. I have not had a chance to actually play it yet. My plan is to get uh, which, WWE. Which, which platforms are you playing on? Xbox. All right. 
So my plan is to get the WWE review done and then uh, move on to, uh, to, to NBA. So. All right. Um, before we move on, just real quick. I also, I totally forgot, but I also tested out that new light gun. Oh, yes, you uh, saw some of your tweets for that. Yeah, they made a new light gun in 2019. Light gun for what game? Uh, There's three games that currently work with it. Uh, Two of them are new for the light gun. One of them is called Voyage of the Dead. Imagine what that's based after. Um, There's one called Cubit's Quest, which I have not played yet. And then the third one is everybody's favorite, Big Buck Hunter Arcade. Oh. Um... That thing is kind of a mess. Like you got to put this like freaking. Do you, do you remember the um, what was the the Xbox camera called? The Vision camera. Yeah. Vision. It, the, there's a thing like that, except you point it at your TV. You don't point it at yourself. Um. Oh, okay. Wait. So you you t- the camera towards the television, and then you point the gun towards the television as well. Yes. So when you okay. boot up the when you boot up the game, you plug it in the USB slot, and then you point the camera at the TV, and the game's like, let's line up the camera. So then you line up the camera, and then the gun, it's real fucking laggy. And I played Voyage of the Dead, and boy, it's got some huge performance issues, which, as you can imagine, in a light gun game is very very bad. So that's yeah. their solution to have a light gun game that doesn't. Need a CRT TV, I guess, pointing the camera yes. to the TV. Yeah, that's, so it's, that's at least interesting, the technology-wise. Yeah, and that's why I kind of wanted to take a look at it to see how mm-hmm. it worked. But it, in my experience, it did not work mm-hmm. at all. Shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At first, it, it's weird because the reason. So, John, I figured out the problem I was having that I mentioned on Twitter. So I pointed the camera at the screen, and it said, "You know, press the gun." There's like a button on the gun to sync it, and. On the screen, it was saying, pull the trigger or press the A button to calibrate. So I was thinking the gun should already be calibrated, right? Hmm. No. So you hit the A button on the controller, and then the gun synced to the camera. So the gun doesn't sync until after you hit the A button. So why is it telling me to pull the trigger like it should already be synced? No. That's just poor instructional. <laughs> yeah. Know. So as soon, as soon as I hit the A button, the camera synced up, the gun synced up, and I was able to play. Uh, who's the developer for this stuff? Mars, uh, and then PDP is making the guns. I that's I'm really curious about why they decided to you know jump into a market like that all of a sudden. Yeah, I have no idea. And there's only three games that support it. One of them is an old game. That Big Buck Hunter arcade game is old. That's been out for a while. And I, I mean, like even in the retro scene. People are working on how to make the zapper work with uh, LCDs. And it's like a roundabout method where it'll only work with, like, if you want to play Duck Hunt, it's only going to work with Duck Hunt at first. And, like, even that isn't very popular. So I I can't imagine why, like, PDP would be like, you know what? We should build another light gun. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to play some more of it and then just kind of write an all-in-one article about it, because I'm not going to review each one of those games individually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, I forgot that I'd messed around with that. Uh, but let's move on. As expected, this time of year, shows are always longer, so let's talk about what's coming out this week. It's a pretty decent week for releases. We've got, uh, obviously, Death Stranding is the big release that's out on Friday. Uh, but we also got As Divine Kamura, 
another one of those Kimco RPG joints. There's one of those like every week. Kimco. Uh, was, what was it called? Uh, As Divine Kamura. So the As Divine series is something that they've done like 20 games of. Oh, uh, okay. All right. So there's another one of those coming out this week. I don't know when Kemco decided to publish a bunch of like RPG Maker stuff. I'm totally not against it. It's just kind of weird. There's a ton of them, dude. I think I've got like four of them back when I was getting ID at Xbox games. And they've probably made like 10 cents. It's, it's insane. Yeah, they have 23 games. They're oh all the same. Uh, we've got Audica, Black Sad Under the Skin, Close to the Sun, Jay's game that he was waiting on to review, Conception Plus, Maidens of the Twelve Stars. Nah, I'm good, man. I still have that code sitting in my <laughs> inbox. I want, uh, I we never play. asked for it. We don't have to mess with it. Exactly. I didn't ask for it, so is, I just... Is anyone taking Black Sad, by the way? Are we getting Black Sad? I didn't know anybody wanted Black Sad. I'm but interested in Black Sad. Okay. Anthony, there's a... There's a hot code for a JRPG waiting. Yeah, for you. I, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I, I call Conception. I, I own Conception on Vita. It was a mistake purchase. All right. He, he hasn't done his Neptunia game yet. He hasn't. Well, they stopped sending them to us because we were so positive about them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you read through in my review of some of the Neptunia games, I gave one Neptunia game eight point of them. One. Yeah. Just was it the first? Was, was it the first one you got? No, no, no. It was one of the Vita ones that actually ended up being pretty cool because it's a strategy RPG for whatever reason. Oh, so, but, so interesting. Yeah. Well, the last one was a platformer or something. Yeah, I don't. I stopped yeah. following those games. Uh, we've also got Destiny Connect TikTok Travelers. What? <sighs> it's a. What? It's an. It's a weird RPG from uh, NIA. Okay. No, Wait. no, I'm I'm just sighing at the next game on the list. Oh, sorry, I thought. Well, John Wet said what, and I figured there was silence. All right, ah, I got you. Uh, the next game is just called Football Game. I wonder what's about. I don't know. I I actually am curious because is it American soccer football or, or is it American football? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, we've also got Fortnite, the Dark Fire Bundle. The most important kart racing game of all time, Garfield Kart Furious Racing, is coming to console this week. I I, I saw this, um, and yeah. I think that they they've made a complete balls up in the fact that they didn't emphasize the fur in Furious Racing. Furious Racing. Mm-hmm. It's all right. It's only for the meme, anyways. Uh, how many how many characters are there in the Garfield universe? I mean, you only need one. You only yeah. need normal. I mean, normal. Yeah. You need more than two characters. Nah, Garfield's, just, Garfield's weird girlfriend, John, the vet, John's roommate that died I mean, in his nobody's, basement. Nobody said Odie yet. I mean, I said on. Odie. John, oh, I didn't hear Odie. John's brother. John. Uh, what's it? What's his name? Uh, I mean, if there's not a car, memorable, memorable, obviously. But, but do you, does anybody remember that John had a roommate that just disappeared, and then they made reference to him like being trapped in the basement i'm sorry i don't follow the garfield lore yeah <laughs> I'm pretty you sure don't follow I'm the garfield sure. cinematic universe i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure uh, you didn't watch garfield endgame what the hell is wrong? i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure davis the writer is is actually a murderer he just he, you don't get away with having a comic that bad for that long without murdering someone 
I mean, Garfield just puts on the, the, the gauntlet and he's like, I don't know, John. You're going to die. Give me lasagna. The only thing Garfield-related things I see are those nightmare-fuel Garfield shit that, that people love real. to post. That shit's um, real. Yeah, I mean, it's I, real. Lumpy touch. Fucking Jim Davis drew that shit. That shit is real. Lump, well, lumpy. I thought that was fan art. No, no it is. That's it is. disturbing. It is. Lumpy uh, touch uh, is does some really good uh, pixel art versions of those too. Uh, we've got Hunt Showdown. I guess it's finally going to 1.0. Uh, Just Dance 2020. Also coming to the Wii. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. Light Fairy Tale Episode One. This sounds like some Japanese shit right here. We got Lithium Inmate 39 Relapsed Edition. <laughs> wow. Uh, Mecha Nika. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. Stranded Sails, Explorers of the Cursed Islands. I'm assuming that's a physical version. Yeah, don't play that game. <laughs> <laughs> the Elder Scrolls Online Dragonhold. Valfaris, which was out on Switch and PC already. It's coming to Xbox One and PS4 this week. Oh, that's, that's... that 2D platformer game I heard. Yeah, the good. Contra game that yeah. looks metal as fuck. I want to check that out. I do too. Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World Entrance Craft. What's what's that, Brian? Uh, I don't know. I think I assume based on the title that it's a way to create entrances, but I I don't know honestly. Mm-hmm. I have not heard much about that. We've got the most important release this week: Jumanji the Video Game. Which, by the way, if you did not know, that game is forty dollars. Wow, bad. It's Probably. one of those licensed games, so I don't know if it's bad or not, but it's out this week, and it's $40. I'll, I'll wager that it's bad. Anyone? Probably. Any okay. Yeah, I'd say it's bad. I mean, I, listen, I just did my licensed game for the year. <laughs> um, we've also got Police Chase and Stay Cool Kobayashi-san, A River City Ransom Story. Whoa. Yeah, that that looks cool. Yeah, that's out this week for PS4, Xbox, and Switch, I believe. I had not heard of this. What? Also, the game everybody forgot was coming out is coming out this week. Need for Speed Heat. Holy shit, that went under the radar. Yes, it did. Didn't what it? the hell happened and to that game? They didn't even put it on EA Access for those that, you know, you get 10 hours like a week early. Oh. Didn't even yep. go on there, so that is fucked. Yep. Do you think this game's like a train wreck and they're just trying to just like, oh, God, yeah. put it in there and then hope that yep. nobody realizes? Yep. Oh, a uh, couple of games only coming to Xbox this week. We've got The Wizards of Brandel. Uh, Sturmwind EX, which is a shmup, looks pretty cool. And Tanky Tanks. <laughs> tanky Tanks. Tanky Tanks. So the tankiest uh, of tanks. I decided because I'm I couldn't find football game. Oh uh, yeah, don't Google that. Hold on. Thanks, genius. Thanks. <laughs> you dumb shithead. No, I did. I googled it with like PlayStation Four attach and in quotes. So it would show up, and I couldn't find it. I did, however, find it on Steam. It is not about playing football. All right, perfect. It is a point-and-click game, a, new, a short new Lynchian point-and-click thriller from the creators of A Date in the Park. You are Tommy, a local high school football hero in the town of East Bend. It's game night for the Purchase County Turbines, and your sweetheart is waiting in the bleachers. However, something is amiss. Join Tommy for a night you won't forget. I don't want to join Tommy for a night I won't forget. It, it yeah. looks like a horror video game. I feel like I need an adult. <laughs> I, I need 12 adults. Well, this whole oh, podcast yeah. that's needs a different, an adult. That's a different movie. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Switch. 
The Switch is turning into the Steam releases. So let's run through these real quick. Uh, there is a couple big ones on here, but we do have Toho Kabuto 5 Burst Battle Yumu Konpaku. To- Toho games are pretty famous, though. Like They, they are, and fast. they're actually pretty fun. They pretty are, fun. yeah. Uh, we've also got a bunch of stuff we've already said, but then we've got Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. I guess I finally have to write my... I totally forgot I've had that game for like a month and a half. <laughs> it's a good game. Just forgot a... you had it. I I'm t- sure dude, they actually, they're, so they're normally meant to be good. Well, it's very good, but I, like they said it so freaking early. They sent the Switch game early? That's new. Like super... Well, it's not Nintendo. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nintendo games we get on release. Like I just got Luigi on... Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Ships. That's a video game. Ships? Ships. We got the Lord of the Rings adventure card game. Construction Simulator 2, the U.S. console edition. Okay. Animus Harbinger. Farmer's Dynasty. Head Snatchers. Incredible Mandy. Juicy Realm. Juicy Realm. The Juicy Realm. Uh, Meanders, all in capitals. Monkey Barrels. Puzzlement, all lowercase. Puzzlement. Puzzlement. Ritual Crown of Horns. Skybolt Zack. Strange Telephone. Did you say Skybolt Zack? Yes, I did. That's weird. The Grisaya Trilogy. The manga works. Sorry, the manga works. Tokyo Dark Remembrance. That game is cool. Uh, A Hat in Time is finally coming to the Switch. Uh, Blindy. Disney Some Some Festival. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. Are you uh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Ironic. Not non-ironically. Yes. Uh, we've also got House of Golf. Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel not... and the Millionaire's Conspiracy Deluxe Edition. That that bothers me because they had to pick the worst Layton game of them all to switch. Bumps me out. You didn't like the last Layton game? No, it's not even a Layton game. Yeah. Uh, we've got new Super Lucky's Tale. I'm here. Is that a new yeah. Super Lucky's Tale? Uh, yeah, new Su- Super Lucky's Tale. It's like a different game. Yes. Really? They- it, they've made a bunch of changes to the Xbox game, but won't bring those changes to Xbox. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite Zakian and Zamazenta Edition. I, I'm at a loss as to what that is. Ooh. One Person Story. Wrecked. R-E-K-T with an exclamation point. Remothered Tormented Fathers. Wow. So there you go. There's your Switch. Your Switch core for the week. I wonder how Nintendo does that. Switch core definitely sounds like a mid-90s genre of music. You really don't know that that's a thing? That's a Twitter hashtag for all the people who prefer the Switch. You know, that want everything ported to the Switch. Hey, Switch (laughs) core! We bought... Hold on. It even gets worse than that, Ken. It's people that will, like, buy any physical version on... They don't just want it on the Switch. They want a physical version. They want a physical copy of every shitty game that they have on the Switch. Which is why people are doing physical copies of Switch games, is because the Switch core will buy them all. What was that game, Ken? 
all that fucking that like uh, hey tiny troopers tiny troopers xl was like released with like 50 copies or something and we, people were driving hundreds of miles I, to buy I found, that shit. I found Man, 17 at walmart and i bought them all let me know if you need one and i'll sell it to you like who oh. like that game is like two dollars that game's every- bad it's be- that's uh, that's why it's two dollars. But like people were paying like twenty bucks for a physical copy. I get collecting, I do, but yeah. man, stop at bad games. Truthfully. Anyway, uh, news this week: there was an event. Yes, there was. There was a BlizzCon. Uh-huh. Lots of announcements came out of BlizzCon. We have Diablo Four, which um. Looks really fucking good. Yeah, it yeah. does, doesn't it? It looks uh, really good. Lots of, of lots of really cool announcements out of BlizzCon. As long as you live in 2022. Yeah, yeah well, that, that's kind of my that's kind of what I was going to say. Is uh, Diablo is was announced, but they have said it way away. You know what? Uh, you know what Blizzard says far away. It's goddamn far away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've also confirmed that it does not have an offline mode. Yeah, I expected that. Yeah, a lot of people are pissed about it, though. You know that. Yeah, but in twenty twenty two, who will care? You know what else doesn't have? You know what else doesn't have an offline mode? Uh, sorry, that was a joke. That game's always online and multiplayer game. That's fine. It, uh, you cut out, so I didn't hear, even hear what you. Oh, said. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. I was just saying. What you know? What doesn't have an offline mode is Overwatch Two. Ah, yes. Yeah. You know. uh, but oh, they didn't know. You know, I I know that our listeners particularly love it when we talk about Overwatch. <laughs> so, like, what do you think of Overwatch Two? Do you think that's a game that needs to exist, or do you think yes, there's some value? It, in it looks amazing. Yeah, I, I, you know, John and I talked about this, and I've talked about this with a lot of people. I'm excited for what this is, but I think the thing that was the most exciting and the thing I was the most concerned about is that Overwatch One will continue to exist. Yes, yes, um, and everything that I've done will carry. So, like, my golden guns, my skins. Uh-huh. Like all and that's that stuff. A really good thing for them to do. That's because they they could have not done that. Oh, they could for have sure. Gotten away and not done that. The fact that they have allowed you to, because you know, um, a lot of people have put a lot of money into that game. And I mean, how old is it now? Four years. So It'll be four years in May. So you're talking about a game that is within that kind of sequel time frame. Uh-huh. Even and uh, even though it's still incredibly popular and still a lot of people play it, unlike other other particular games, but um, the fact that they actually said, "Yep, everything's going over," that was a good move, and I think that carries a lot of weight. What kind of has pissed me off about the whole thing, and I think soured it, um, is nothing to do with the game itself, but it's to do with um, some of the developers basically shitting on journalists for leaking the game. There was a massive, massive hoo-ha. I think it was, might have been over... I can't remember if it was that directed at Kotaku, but um, it was a massive hoo-ha because the the game got leaked this last week and they were basically going off on one, saying it's ruining video games, it's ruining the devs' lives. Um, You know what? If if that's the position they want to take... how do you think they get the fucking information? That's exactly what I was going to say. Sharing it. So yeah. Maybe yeah. How about they direct that? About that? Yeah. Stop. How about you direct it at your colleagues, not at the journalists who are doing their job? It's it's the leaks are coming from inside. They're not. We're not pulling them out of their assholes. That's coming from inside the house. 
<laughs> yeah, the call is from inside I, the house. I still chuckled, though, when, and yes, I'm going to use the meme, when Papa Jeff walked out on stage and said, I'll just look at the internet so I know what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff took it pretty well in stride. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Of, of somebody who's a fan of a game, I don't think I could ask for a better person leading that game. Yeah, Kaplan's great. I think he's one of those, one of the most approachable and transparent game leads. For especially a game as huge as Overwatch, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, he he came out in the in the post, um, you know, roundtable about the game and basically said, "Yo, this game's a long ways off." <laughs> he's like, you know, like everything you're playing here on the show floor, we're doing this so we can get feedback and go back and change it because this is mm-hmm. not this is not the game. And Blizzard is uh, known for a lot of things being fast. <laughs> this is mm. not one of the. They no. take their sweet time to make sure their quality is up to snuff and. Uh, it's yeah. not as if they have to hurry. There are still plenty of people playing Overwatch. Motherfucker, I played it last night. <laughs> I actually went and, I went and bought it. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I've, I played it last night and I will continue to play it until Overwatch 2 comes out. That's just the way I am. And they're saying that, um, that I'm not, again, I'm not sure whether this is accurate or not. They're uh, saying that the multiplayer Overwatch... Um, Overwatch one players will be able to play Overwatch two players. Yeah, it's, yeah. the the PvP cool. will con- the PvP will continue to be like you know par for the course. Uh, so all but the I guess, heroes map. But, yeah, yeah. But I also guess that the there are certain modes going to be exclusive to two online. Um, so no, those... just the just the PVE, not the PvP. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, so like the co op missions and stuff that's only in Overwatch two, but any of assault or payload or control points and in the new mode push will all be in overwatch one see that's that's a really um unusual but cool way of doing it yeah yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, also if there's any game that needs a story mode it's, oh fuck I mean, I, i'm not gonna lie that that eight minute video announcing it i, I shed a tear i was so happy first of all genji's not that strong no, he's not, but you know what? It was badass when he did it that. Was. It was totally I'm, I'm badass. I'm digging that hoodie. I want that costume. Oh, that, that right new now. skin. That new yeah. skin for Genji is bad fucking ass. All right, but enough about Overwatch. It yeah, enough about no, People get tired of it. So they also announced a new expansion for Warcraft called Shadowlands. Uh-huh. Uh, that will be That actually will be out next year, according to them. I, I'm curious when World of Warcraft will officially end. It doesn't seem like it ever will. No, it doesn't. And speaking yeah. of World of Warcraft, they also announced they're unlocking a bunch of stuff for vanilla. Neat. So they're bringing in some like uh, some of the raids and some of the PvP events, I think, is what they said. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, God, at this point, there's so much World of Warcraft. <laughs> If you bring, wait, hold on. They're bringing things into vanilla, meaning things that were in the later expansions. Things that were, they're basically like opening up things as they opened up originally. Oh, so, so basically, they're basically yeah. starting over again. Yeah, so World of Warcraft vanilla for people who are playing it will get some of the stuff that they got later after the game launched. But Shadowlands is a whole new expansion for current World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. It's crazy <laughs> to think a company would run two MMOs of this caliber at the same time. That's crazy. It's very, it's very weird. Uh, they also announced an expansion for Hearthstone called Descent of Dragons. That'll be out in December. Fuck, they even announced the hero for Heroes of the Storm. Oh, snap, that I game's thought, still going. 
I thought that that or is it just the esports scene that that's yeah, I think the esports scene has kind of died, but yeah, they announced a new hero that uh I guess everybody at BlizzCon who bought one of the tickets will get uh the new hero. Um a lot of stuff out of BlizzCon. That's that's all the big games. No StarCraft announcement, much to most people's dismay. Did they did they say anything about the World uh, Warcraft 3 remaster? Does that coming out anytime soon? They talked about it. I think they're going into beta soon, and then I think release was next year. Yeah, okay. So that's still coming. Nothing about Diablo 2 HD, which that was leaked, but didn't show up. Yeah, I was surprised that wasn't there. So I don't know if that's just kind of been pushed back or what. Uh, I'm trying to see if uh, what else happened besides new trailer for The Witcher dropped, and holy shit, can't oh, wait to watch dude. that. Dude, yeah, yeah, it looks freaking awesome. I can't they wait. They put it in the bathtub. That was brilliant. Wait, was, yeah. was I mistaken, or was there nudity in that trailer? Because it was on YouTube. No, I don't think that was. That scene where she's telling him, you know, and then like they show the background, all those people are like naked or something. I wasn't looking that hard for nipples or anything like that, so... Well, I mean, I there were naked people in the background. I was like, why is this in a trailer like YouTube? Um, maybe. Mm. I mean, if any series is going to do that, it's probably Witcher. Witcher, you know, kind of not really shy about nudity in particular and the source material, so... No. Yeah. Uh, Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus were announced. PlayStation Plus is getting Neo. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm pulling up the list. I can't remember what the second one was. Is that for November? Was. Yeah, that's for November. Okay. So it was Neo and second game. I I hate this site because if I open it, it'll start playing a video. Oh, I hate those sites. Um, and I don't remember what the second game was. Fuck, it was a good game too, and I just can't remember what it was. Hold on, I'll bring it up. I don't know. Uh, and then there was um, Games with Gold. <laughs> Yeah, that's just... Come on, man. Uh, uh, Gotta got love a bit of Sherlock Holmes. I mean, the Sherlock Holmes game is good, but the other game this this half of the month is Jedi Starfighter, which, again, is a good game. Yeah, um, but it's it was an Xbox uh, One Outlast game. Outlast 2, Ken. Outlast 2. Outlast 2, yeah, okay. So that was the second game. And then yeah, those, those are two really good games, actually. The second half of Xbox is Joyride Turbo <laughs> oh, yeah. and The Final Station. Which they've given away for free before. Yeah, like November's a bad month for Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, you can't, it's not, it's not a ba- not all, can't, can't all be a bangers. No, it can't, but it's, it's like a hard thing when four games are not better than two. It seems, it, it seems to, to me that they have really sort of, especially now that they've done the, the Game Pass Ultimate thing, they've really kind of, blown off xbox gold a little bit in favor of game pass stuff mm-hmm. i think that's true actually yeah just I looking agree. at the track record recently just seems like they have less focus on it but i mean on the flip side game pass is an amazing value it just kind of seems to get keep getting better. sure yeah, yeah. So i agree with that for sure uh speaking of game pass microsoft also announced uh the return of xbox all access this week uh, which is basically a rent-to-own Xbox console. Yeah. And while it sounds bad on the surface, it's actually a really good deal. <laughs> well, it's um, um, it's quite cool because you're not much like the Apple Upgrade program when you get a new iPhone every year. You're not paying 
you're not getting charged interest on it. You're just paying the amount over a set amount of time. Plus, obviously, you're you're paying. You're essentially paying for the uh, uh, the ultimate army. The yeah, you get 24 months of ultimate. You get a console, and it ends up being like 20 bucks cheaper than if you were to buy it flat out. Uh, and also, the, it's upgradable now. Uh, yeah. So to, the big thing is, but it's only it's only for the beginning. So if you it starts on November 18th. And if you do it on November 18th, in 12 months, you can upgrade. And it's only if you do the X. You should probably mm. clarify that, um, which is $31.99 a month. And if you do that in 12 months when Scarlet comes out, which is kind of a funny way to announce this, November 18th, 2020. <laughs> so in 12 months, you can switch to the Scarlet and just send back the X. And I don't know if they've clarified yet that you get to keep what you've paid or if you start a new 24-month. Oh, I bet you start a new 24-month. That would be my guess. It would seem too good to be true to pay for half. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to get the use of the X in for the, for the year. It's, again, much like the Apple program. When you, when you, uh, uh, when you upgrade to that, you give them your old, the old phone and you, that, that giving them that old phone writes off the remainder of the loan for that, and then you just start a new one for another for another twelve months. So I would imagine that's going to be identical. I've actually considered it just because it would be easier than because I'm going to have to pay out of pocket for the PS5, and I'm assuming they're both going to come out probably within a week of each other. And I don't have a grand <laughs> drop on you know mm. a new system. Not to mention when Overwatch Two comes out, my wife is going to want an, an Xbox. Scarlet as well. <laughs> wow. So, I don't know. I might do it. We'll see. Oh, well, I wouldn't do it there. I'd wait until the Scarlet comes out and do it then, because I'll have that program running. For that. I hope so, because they did stop it the first time, if you remember. Yeah, but this, I think this is, by bringing it back now, I think this is going to be something that's going to be permanent. I think they're going to they're gonna carry this forward, because, again, it's a really enticing way to get people to put an xbox under their tv when you're saying to them this comes with 200 games this comes with your online services comes with the console and you're paying and you don't you don't pay, pay anything up front and you don't pay yeah, any interest that's a the, the really no really huge it's a really good way of of getting a box under your tv so i i would put money on this launching i think the i think when they did it last year I think it was like test the water, see how it works, as in like, um, uh, see how, actually how it works logistically. Um, I think they've got that under wraps now. I think they think that it's worked. It done what it needed to do. Everything went smoothly. We launch it now. This will be an ongoing thing going forward. That's yep. what I reckon. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good deal because there's a lot of people who just can't sell and also it's, bucks. It's come to the UK as well, which the last one didn't. So when you guys got it, we didn't get it in the UK, but they they it is available in the UK now. So it's well. The it's, first uh, time they did it was only on the Microsoft Store as well, and now it's mm, on Amazon. It's for retailers, and they, yeah. And they said they're going to add some more retailers to it before November eighteenth. So, well, Amazon's the big one, isn't it? Let's face it. Yes. Yes. Um. So anyway. That's all the news I think I. Oh have. wait, no, I got it. I got a funny one. Okay. Terminator Resistance. You know the game that's being made by Rambo, the Rambo devs. Yeah, oh, I think everybody forgot about that game. Yeah, it's been 
it was originally supposed to come out for December 3rd or 10th, one of those two. It's, um, it, sorry, it's originally December 3rd. It's now going to be December 10th, but it's still coming out December 3rd in the UK. I, awesome. Sure. Like, and this game, like, looks like crap, and they're like, yeah, people care about this. I mean, it's just a tie-in. It's just a sell for the movie. It's the only... And I mean, that movie has been whoring itself a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you, from what I've heard, not great. Really? Everybody I saw that saw it said it was good. It was the best one since T2. Yeah, but that's a... Yeah, people, that's a, that's a... People, people also think that uh, Terminator 3 is this terrible movie, and I disagree. No, that is a bad movie. <laughs> See? Nobody can agree on anything. It's, it's, it's fine. I think that I think that series should have stopped after two. Yeah, you, you're not wrong. It's a bit like yeah. Alien. It should have stopped after two. I mean, but nothing's uh, going to stop. No, not while having money. No, nothing will ever stop. Everybody out there bitching and moaning about movie remakes. Nobody cares if it's going to make money. People are going to do it. Listen, Ken. They made that Madden 1999. They said this is the perfect Madden game. They no longer <laughs> need to make another one. And they stopped it right then and there. That's the kind of integrity we need. Well, game. what about the people online? <laughs> the, people, the people online who are just Okay, five so better than every football game after. Like there are still people holding on to that, and I'm like, you know, I loved NFL 2K5, but man, there's been so much change in technology since then. I don't want to play that game no. Man, I don't. I don't need to play any baseball games. I play Ken Griffey Jr. That's the best one. I, I don't need to play anymore since then. Right? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real honest with you. When Drew told me that the other day, I had actually played Ken Griffey recently. Mm-hmm. Um. Hasn't aged well, I know. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't hold on to that as strongly as you do. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> no. hasn't aged that well. No. I, know. I, know. I, I loved Bottom of the Ninth on the PS1, and I can tell you that's not a good game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why we have new technology. Yeah, I'm saying. You even tried to go back to a game like GoldenEye, for example. That game is hard to play now. That is hard to play, yeah. 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 Uh, let's do some tweets. David says, my Mondays don't start off on the right foot if I don't have any podcast playing. Yeah, did you see where he posted that, actually? That was in a thread about the 15 best gaming podcasts. Some article that was ranking the 15 best gaming podcasts. Oh, is that is that the Twitter thread that um, started the fight? I don't know if it started a fight. I just saw that it um, that his response was attached to that thread. And I thought, oh, cool, he's out there throwing our hat in the ring for us. No, that's that's and cool, they're it right back out. <laughs> I think I think that started a fight between the the dude that used to be on Kind of Funny, Ma Moriarty Moriarty, because somebody basically just quoted that tweet and said, "Why is he in this?" And I'm just, Ugh. you know, if you don't like somebody, just let it go. Yeah, especially him because he does like he's like a dog with a bone. Yeah, he'll search for his name and he'll is start his, a fight. Is his podcast mm-hmm. about games again? Yeah, he's doing a PlayStation podcast. Okay. I I know that he was doing one that wasn't video game related. That's yeah, all. he does like a couple, but one of them is it's called Sacred Symbols, I think, and it's about yeah, PlayStation. Well, whatever. And you know what? He has success. Good on him. Uh-huh. If you don't like it, don't listen to it, but you don't need to tweet about yeah. how much you hate him. I, uh, yeah. Who gives a fuck? I, I don't care who you hate. I really don't. It wouldn't matter. He has me blocked anyways. That's, well, I mean, I block you too. I just don't oh. tell you. <laughs> I personally mute everyone and pretend that I don't. <laughs> um, 
So speaking of podcasts that should go away, Blue Apple Blue says, if there's no Gambus voice at the end of the show, then why are we still here? Just to this suffer through three hours of podcasting? The pain feels like the molten lead poured into our ears. Do we deserve his voice? It's it's time to let the legendary voice fade into the internet ether. I mean, you, you got to listen. I mean, I don't listen. <laughs> you beat your hair. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fantastico says never thought I'd care about game streaming or gaming on the go but the xCloud console streaming is insanely good and a game changer yeah I guess that thing uh, been trying it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I out in the wild I can't try it because I've got an iPhone but I've heard it's not bad yeah I've I've heard nothing but good things but again I'm like you John I have an iPhone so I can't test it, it. and it's game streaming the stuff you own Yes. That that's that's a big difference than we have a bunch of games you can basically rent from us and then me and Mike. Well no, they they are doing that, but they are doing two versions. You've got that version, you've got the whole um stadia kind of thing where you can um rent games from them or whatever to play, but you can also um use your own Xbox to stream out games that you own on it. So there are two versions. And yeah, one doing is two free things. and one will be chargeable. Yeah, I imagine they'll roll it up into Game Pass. Yeah, that, more than that's, that, But still, that's a, those are... Having the choice is better than Yes. Not. Oh, absolutely. And um, for someone who really doesn't think Stadia is going to do very well, I'm I'm preferring the way that Microsoft are are positioning themselves on this one. Um, I think, because there is a big question hanging over the whole Stadia thing as to the ownership of the games that you're buying and and what happens if, because, you know, we all know Google's got a history of shutting down stuff that doesn't work um, if it's not successful. So... Well, you want to know the crazy part about Stadia right now, John? What's that? I think launches in like a week and a half. Good luck. Um, yeah, I like the, the I like the the way Microsoft has positioned themselves at the moment, but obviously it may change. You know, speaking of uh, streaming gaming content, uh, play, Sony recently released their remote play app on their phones. So it yeah. was locked to particular models of phones. I think maybe like the Sony, Sony models. It was which is, yeah. yeah, which is funny because how many people do you know with Sony phones nowadays? Not many. Zero. No. I know yeah. zero people with a Sony phone. <laughs> yeah. So I downloaded the app. Uh, I was like, oh, finally, remote play on, on my phone. Let's try this. Uh, it came, but it actually didn't come because it does not work <laughs> at all. Nice. nice. It, it barely works if I'm standing five meters away from the same Wi-Fi connection that my PS4 is connecting to. And that's, yeah, crazy. I've got it on yeah, my, that's crazy. I've got it on my iPad. It, it works okay. It's not great. It works yeah. okay, though. That sounds like my description of PlayStation Now. It works okay. If I'm, like, not in my own home doing the Wi-Fi thing, it doesn't work at all for me. Based on the phone, uh, maybe it's different on the iPad. Yeah. Um, but that kind of bummed me out, because I figured, oh, I'll play, like, an RPG game that's turn-based, that's not going to be, you know, timing-based. That should work okay. And it wasn't working at all, and I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's got a ways to go, but I've heard really good things about the Microsoft one. I have not tried it, personally, so... Well, hopefully it works out. Yeah. Um, Mr. Fantastico says, The Death Stranding reviews have sparked the question, do games have to be fun to be a good game? 
Challenging is a different story, but I 100% think a game needs to be fun to be enjoyed. And just a side note, somebody replied out of the blue and just said, dude, this is a Sony site. And I was like, what? The fuck? what? I don't understand that comment. What? Oh, shit. I'm sorry, but yes, game. Ha- I mean, I, 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 a game has to be fun, I think. Yes. Um, the game is arts thing which obviously Death Stranding will probably play into a bit that the game is art is I you know they absolutely a game can be artful but it's also a game and, and games have to be enjoyable. I, I, mean, I think I think the, the limitation of the word fun is the, the crux of the conversation here. Because does fun also mean engaging? You know, does, no, does, it, no. does it mean where you're compelled to kind of want to keep going? Is uh, is scaring yourself to death in like a roller coaster necessarily fun because it's scary, or is it just fun because you're kind of doing something that's different from what you normally do? You know. And I argue that like, is it like Hellblade? I would not call Hellblade fun. No, to, to fun and to be fun, it, it doesn't have to be something that's enjoyable. Um, you can get enjoyment out of something that isn't fun. It could it could stimulate your senses in different ways. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, the enjoyable part is the part. I, in most cases with games, that does go hand in hand with fun, but doesn't always. Right, but when you think of fun, you think of laughter. You think of like smiles and that yeah. of that nature. But when I when I think of fun, the idea of what makes a game great is that you're engrossed in the experience, as in you know you're kind of compelled to kind of see the adventure through. You're minute by minute, you're not falling asleep playing a thing. Well, you know, which I guess it's that boils down to your definition of fun and the the word. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, the yeah. words, the, the words, you know, used differently. Um, I, I think games have to have a certain level of engagement, mm-hmm. of interactivity, um, to make them games, and they have, to, they have to work well. You know, bad mechanics can also cause problems. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a it's a whole kind of uh, uh, games are different, like a. Oh. What would you say about a game like uh, Silent Hill 2, for example, where the gameplay is really rubbish, but kind of on purpose to sell a particular point? Yeah, I mean, they did that with Resident Evil. Right, the tank controls and everything to increase... Tank controls, yeah, and the the lack of ammunition was to to create tension. And in some aspects, yes... um, those were put in so that it could enhance the experience of the player, or at least make them try and feel a certain way. But you go back now and play. You can, I can't play Resident Evil now. Oh, I, I do still. Like, uh, I, I, I can't. It's, it's aged badly. And there are games that have come since then uh, that can still make you feel that way, but um, in a different way. Well, let's look at it this way, right? Um, I don't think there is anyone that would argue with you that Resident Evil 2 Remake plays better than Resident Evil 2. That's just literally from like a functional gameplay standpoint. Mm. There are more options. You're just in in the action, just you know, much more fluidly. Uh, so it plays better. That that much is true. But does that make the original Resident Evil 2 obsolete because it doesn't play as well? I don't. I don't think that's yeah. true because I think I think they challenge the player in different ways, right? Yeah, maybe you're right. 
Yeah, so I, I get the idea that you want the game to be fun. You're spending this time, this limited amount of time you have on this freaking planet, and you want to be enjoying what you're doing. But I think when it comes down yes, to... Yes, Yeah, when it comes down to a genre <laughs> as broad as gaming, a, a genre that is still very new to this world, that is still evolving every single day with indie games and AAA games that dare to take chances, when you quantify a game that needs to be a certain way to be a game, I think you're doing yourself a disservice in the, in the experiences you will have in the future and also to the genre itself uh, by limiting the kind of things that you will see uh, you know, developers present. Mm. Uh, Jeremy tweets at us and says, BlizzCon dropped some great stuff this year. I am super excited for Diablo 4, although not even Blizzard soon is a bit of a downer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll say. Uh, it's gonna be a long while. Uh, all right, we got some we got some Kojimbles tweets because you know this is the episode. Uh, Dave says, "For ultimately, with a game not all difficult to explain, open world survival with asynchronous build mechanics, why did they need to market it as so obtuse and world changing again?" Oh, that's right, Kojima. Sorry, gotta go. There's a there's a few farts I have to sniff. Okay. <laughs> I get I get I get what he's talking about. There there's no doubt that Kojima is pretentious. I don't think I don't think Kojima himself would argue that point. Yeah, but I think it's it, without playing it, without seeing. I mean, Ken's in this fortunate position because he has played it to the end. But the without seeing the context in which these the trailers and these bits that we've seen without seeing it in, in context, I, we can't say, so I think, yes, there's certainly some confusion built there because it's Kojima and that's, that is his bread and butter. The whole people expect it from him, you know, ever since Metal Gear T- Solid 2, they, you know, they expect to be, um, to, there to be twists and turns and to be subverted. And, and so, yes, that does have to play into the marketing, but, you know, from what Ken's saying, this game is actually coherent. So, yeah, I think um, maybe if you sold it as such, it wouldn't. It's 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 hard because, like, that is the biggest thing I stress about this game. Because coming from somebody who's played all, there is shit in Metal Gear Solid Two that was explained off, you know, or in MGS Three or even Four, where you're just not making sense. And, you know, there was so much of this game, and it's the reason why I was not excited about this game at all, is I'm like, you just got some outlandish, wacky shit in here for the sake of having outlandish, wacky shit in here. But it's not. It's all explained. It's all right there in front of you if you choose to see it through to the end. It's all explained. And, you know, some of it is dumb. But I mean, <laughs> some of everything that is interesting yeah, is dumb. Say, I, oh yeah, I we really play video love... games. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm up up today. I've talked about a bunch of children that get whisked away by a fucking magical wind. It's all dumb. Uh, yes. I, I was singing like I love near Automata, but there's some dumb stuff in that. Like yeah, I think I think the majority majority of that game is amazing, but I mean, there's there is some dumb stuff. I'm willing to accept some dumb stuff. I, and I totally understand this tweet, although it seems like it was written by me on a burner account for love of God. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, I understand it. Like, yeah, we anything 
can be boiled down to core mechanics, and he's not wrong. But then, like, when has, like, if you look at, like, old Deus Ex games where you had to, like, kind of manage your inventory by, like, playing, moving the pieces around, right, so it all fits, other than just that being what you could hold, it never affected gameplay. It just affected what you had on you. And this game... Resident Evil 4 did that, too. Right, yeah. And in this game, it's... Like, no, it actually will affect the way your character balances and stuff. Like, that's that's different. That's new. But Kojima always does that. I feel like uh, people forget the transferring. No, <laughs> I don't for, I don't forget the transfer. I don't forget that if you don't play Metal Gear Solid 3 on an easy difficulty, there's a whole lot of bullshit you gotta manage in that game. Yeah, like, it's, there's, he, he, he's the master of hype, which, you know, Hype is both positive and negative. At some point, it's a I, sword. it can be a double edged. My, my issue's always been that he, he, he will write something very like anti-war, and then would follow up with the dumbest shit ever. I don't think this has an anti-war message. This new game, Death Stranding. There's so definitely little, a me- there's definitely several messages in. I will, but if you're not following it up with with things like. Uh, nano machines, which are literally just magic under the guise of technology. Um, you know, I feel better about that. It was always the the it was always the um, juxtaposition of the two elements of Kojima in the Metal Gear games as we went along that got a little bit more absurd to me. And then magic yeah. and and people you can see dead people and all right, whatever, fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's not dumb shit in this game. There certainly is, but. I followed it all the way to the end, and there is there are minor questions I have, but everything I've seen in the trailers, I can tell you what those are. Um, this what are we? Is it just me, or is it really weird that this game is out this week? Does it yeah, doesn't it feel does. weird? Yeah, it it kind of does feel weird because it, I, it, I agree. It just I feel seems, like this game wouldn't like, have been out till like fucking Scarlet PS Five. We made we made jokes. I mean, we have all made those jokes. Oh yeah, it'll be alright on the PS5 and this and the other. And the fact that it is here feels very strange. And it's only four years since he left uh, Konami. And it's like, that's pretty impressive. So at most like three years, because remember he did that whole walk around. He did the tour, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, he did the whole, the whole. Yeah, Before choosing his engine, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, and he didn't have to build an engine, which was huge. Yeah, that does, I mean, that does shave a lot of time, but um I mean, the only question I really want answered is from this game. When I do eventually play it, and I won't play this at launch, this will be a while away, but when I do eventually play it, is one, do they, and by the sounds of it, they do, but do they answer all the questions of the trailers, including that first one, um, which was very weird. Uh, that was when he, that I think was just the weirdest launch. I yeah, mean, give me an trailer. example of what you were talking about, and I'll tell you if they answer it. The fact that you had, like, the uh, the five people floating in the sky, the fact that you had the whales there, and all of that stuff. The handprints and the necklace with the um, scientific equation on it. I don't remember that specifically, uh, but I can tell you that the five figures are explained, the whales are explained... So that's the sort of thing. And the other thing is, um, is what's his name, Ellie Good? Because I don't think he's that good an actor, Norman Reedus. <laughs> Norman Reedus doesn't say a whole lot in the beginning. Good. 
So, good. I don't I think he's that good an actor. I really don't see what Kojima has, uh, why he has such a hard on for him. The parts that he does do are good. Mm. And, and truthfully, every performance in that game is pretty good. Like, I didn't have a huge issue with a lot of it. That's cool. So, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of that stuff is explained. I'm not telling you that you're going to like every explanation of everything <laughs> that they give you, but they leave nothing, nothing out. And there is a couple of, there's a couple of times where I was like, oh, so that's what that means. And there's, there's legitimately a time when I laughed out loud. And I still like that moment that happened in that game. I still laugh about it's very late in the game. Mm. Um, and then the way it ends. Is... Yeah. I, I want to have this conversation again after we all finish the game. I think that. Oh, be... oh, absolutely. I yeah. would love to talk about the back half of that game because there's not a lot in the front half. Uh, the intro is a huge part. Then there's a little piece at the end of episode three, but the big stuff starts happening around seven to eight, seven and on. And I feel like it'll just end up being its own podcast about the game. So like Phoenix down extra or something. Although oh, sure. I don't think Drew has any interest in this no, game. No, Drew has no, he is not buying this game. He is not playing this game. He has already given up on this game. So, I mean, he still hasn't finished God of War, so we can't even talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't play games anymore, right? No, no. Uh, Chad says, I love how most of the Death Stranding reviews basically make it sound like Kojima remade Octodad. But instead of an octopus pretending to be human, it's Norman Reedus pretending to be a mailman with a tube baby. The, this is this is actually from how you've described it, Ken. Very correct. <laughs> I thought the point of Octodad was him trying to blend in. Well, it, no, it's always like, well, that's the story portion of it. But the way you control him is you're trying to walk him across, and then like one episode of the game, he. You have to avoid a lawnmower, like it's it's it, it, but very similar. Like you have to control your weight in specific ways to walk. Yeah, yes, you, it's you, one of those you, games like Human Fall Flat where it controls bad on purpose. Yeah, the, the thing I can say about Death Stranding is that it is controlled poorly, um, but you do have to manage a lot of things. So, like the for example, you know, you can move the analog stick to walk, but everything has like a weight and a momentum to it. And in order to adjust that, the L2 and R2 buttons are your left and right hands. And you can put those on the straps of your backpack to center your weight. But you also can use those to pick up items and carry them in your hands, which can be useful. So you have to balance whether or not you want to walk, you know, with just constant balance by holding L2 and R2 the entire time, which I did a lot of. Um, or you can try to manage it by where if you start to lose your balance, you can, you know, hold one of those buttons down to shift your weight. Uh, but if you don't shift it in the right amount of time or slow your momentum, you fall and do damage to your cargo. So there's a lot to think about instead of just pushing forward. And that's why I won't call it a walking simulator because a walking simulator is just pushing forward and getting from point A to point B. And there's there's a lot more to it than that. So also I never mentioned, but fucking Christ, this is the best looking game I've ever seen. <laughs> I heard the HDR is exceptional. The HDR is absolutely phenomenal. Good. Like the Good. the visual presentation of this game is just jaw dropping. It's one of those games I wanted to take screenshots of, but I couldn't. It blocks it. <laughs> Well, it's not It's not that it's blocked. It's just that I had the fear that it would show up on my timeline. 
And we had to hide everything while we were playing. So people couldn't see the trophies. People couldn't see, you know, the, what we were playing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's one of those situations. So I didn't want to take the chance of taking a screenshot and then having it show up in my social feed. Um, the last tweet comes from Vitor. It says, a concept that has potential have to be taken into consideration when reviewing a game or when you recommend a game to someone, even if the execution is bad. There's a question mark at the end of that. So he's saying that if a game is in innovative, you know, has some really cool idea, even if it's bad, you have to think about whether or not the per, you know you recommend it based on what was, I guess, what was the ambition of the game more so than the end product. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I've done that a few times, but only on very exceptional cases, though. Like, yeah, it's like near, for example. I, I love and adore near, but if you played it and hate it, I, I would be like, "Yeah, I totally understand." There's a lot of things that game does wrong. That's how um, I feel about Deadly Premonition. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's one of those divisive games as well. I really enjoyed watching someone else play Deadly Premonition as like a let's play, but I would never touch that game in the middle. Of years. I, I don't want to. I don't want to play that game. Totally don't blame you. Yeah. I, so that's I, what I, I mean. But I'd also use the other example, like I. I think like like I gave Concrete Genie an eight or an eight point five, but I I took into consideration because like on the, on a base level, that game to me was at most like a seven, like gameplay wise. But knowing that they were clearly going for children, like that's not a thing that you do anymore. Nobody goes for children. Like even even childish games from Nintendo are are made for everybody. Like Mario is not a child, like a game for kids. It's made for everybody. So to me, like, I I was taking into account that like clearly children were the main focus here, not a person that plays video games all the time and is twenty seven. Um, and on the reverse end of that, I also reviewed Ice Age, which I still can't believe came out in twenty nineteen. Um. And I gave it a 5.5 because even though I know it's for kids, I can't imagine kids young, who I think would be the one where they'd find some difficulty in this, um, be interested in Ice Age. Like, it's just not the group that anymore. And, like, the game's fine, but it's it's not for anybody. I don't know what they were going for. Like, it was not clear in their intent what they wanted to do. So... Yeah, no, Death Stranding is definitely going to be one of those games. There are going to be be people that absolutely hate it, and there are going to be people that absolutely adore it and think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And I see what Kojima was trying to do, and I've said this since he started making video games, I think he needs a serious fucking editor. But to tell him, no, you need to trim this down... Because there are portions of that game that go on way too long. So. I mean, I guess we'll find out. I am, you know, I was excited to see the reviews drop on Friday because mine was written or mine was scheduled. I wasn't even awake when it was to see the critics' reaction to it. I am much more interested to see the public's reaction to it. Like, I, they're, they're honest. I saw that in real time because I was up at midnight or whatever it was set to. So I saw when the the review started to drop. So I took, I read your review at work and then, uh, I wanted to just see kind of what other people were thinking. And 
there are some there is a lot of tens and I was like and a lot of the tens and nines start with this game is unfun to play and I went that's not a nine or a ten then uh yeah. and then there were people that were like I'm not gonna finish this fine that's you know I understand that uh which were lower and then there were people that were like doesn't matter how good the last half is. I'm like, well, it kind of does. Like, it, it was a really weird, like, I found that, like, the closer they were to, like, an eight, the, the person seemed to be uh, taking into account the good and the bad and acknowledging it all. It, it was really interesting to see in real time, because usually I'm not looking for that. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what actual people who are playing it and and I, I don't want to see their reaction to it when you first start it, because like I said, that first hour is very, very, very... I want to see their reaction about 15, 20 hours in. I want to know if they still want to play. You know? I, I want to know if they give up. I want to know if the back half resonates as hard with them as it did with me. I mean, I'm I'm super interested to see what people have to say. I went into this game expecting... Kojima bullshit, and I came out. Yeah, it's Kojima bullshit, but it's his best bullshit to date. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see. Yeah, at this point, I think we've basically said everything that we can legally say. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's killing me because there are things I yeah. want to talk about that I can't even. You know, the I, part where the giant pink cow came in was really weird. <laughs> I mean, the, there's. There's stuff in that game. When Norman Reedus took off his took off his face to reveal Solid Snake, that was <laughs> oh man, that really blew my mind. Oh, what, are we still on? Oh my god! You know, oh you god. know, you know what bothers me more than anything is seeing that trailer, that the launch trailer that they launched, and like looking at that stuff and being like, oh man, that was such a great moment. I'm glad I didn't see that before the game came. <laughs> Before yeah. I played it, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna watch that launch don't, trailer for very. Don't watch reason. that. I mean, I watched, I watched the two. It. I watched the two teasers. The original, like, they're. I can't even call them game related because it was all pre-rendered stuff, right? Um, I watched that, and then place one of the PlayStation accounts on Twitter uh, posted video of uh, Norman Reedus fighting something, and I just remember going to Ken. How often does this happen? And he went. Only this, only this many times. Only when this happens will that yeah. happen. Which means you could make it happen whenever you wanted. It's just you I was just it was like want it to. was something that I wasn't expecting in the game, and I can't. It was because I've made it very clear that spoilers don't bother me generally. Um, it was something I saw and was like, see, that's something that you had to do to appeal to me because I the second uh, preview thing that they did with Guillermo del Toro and Mads Mikkelsen. That was weird, but that wasn't necessarily the weird that I was interested in. It was the more like bizarre first trailer that really won me over on just what the fuck is that? I will tell you that I am damn proud that I wrote that 1500 word review and never once did I mention Norman Reed is pissing. Well done. That was not the first part. <laughs> not even one mention of the fact that you can take a piss whenever you want in that game. I mean, you can do that in Duke Nukem, so... Yep. But in this game, it actually has a purpose. Yeah, it has a purpose in Postal as well. Oh, you can make grenades with your poo. Oh, brilliant. And they're called number two grenades. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
That only makes me think of uh, the, t- <laughs> the Trailer Park Boys when they have to. F- I think I think I think he just broke embargo, Ken. He probably shouldn't have mentioned that. No, no, no. That's 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 early on. That's in okay. the first three episodes. We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> All right. One of the uh, episodes of Trailer Park Boys, they have to get. Uh, they're they're on the side of the highway picking up bottles of urine that truckers have thrown out, to so they can bombard the trailer park with the bottles of urine. That's what that reminds me of. Just, just fucking two grenades. I mean, down. fair. It's fair. Man. All I can think of it now is bubbles going. That's one dehydrated piss. Like, oh. all right. Um, this that is it for the show this week. I know it's a long show, but it's that time of year. Um. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Anthony is at NTRSKT, Jay is at Bottoside J, John at John WK, me at ZTGD, Ryan at WombatRP. He's already gone. You can follow the show at M4G Podcast. You can follow the site at ZTGD Content. Whew, Phoenix Down. You done with Deadly Premonition, and I saw Drew installing Gene Rain. That's I'm Gene sorry. Rain. Yeah. Oh, sorry. God. Follow our video game. Honestly, we're only doing it because we've gone this far at this point, Jay. Uh, uh, it, like, literally, it's like, well, there's not much left of the year, so quitting now seems like it's a bad idea. There's still, just to, just to go back to good video games, there's still one game I'm super excited about this year, and that's a Jedi game. I have um, managed to pick that up super cheap, because it was on CD keys for... Uh, the deluxe edition for forty quid, which is half its price. So I've picked nice. that. Yeah. I really, 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 really hope they put that on EA Access this week because I'll try it. Well, if um, <laughs> if <laughs> if uh, Need for Speed Heat is anything to go by, probably. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Jedi looks good though, John. <laughs> yes, it, well, that is true. They're actually promoting that game, so maybe yes. they want people to play like a couple yes, hours. Yes, oh, and it. we didn't speak uh, on the news that um, that marks the return of EA to Steam. Yes, that's true. The EA's coming back to Steam. That's crazy. Because obviously, Origin is a pile of shit. I wonder how much Steam paid for that, considering that I'm sure Epic made an offer. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I think you bear it in mind that this also means that. Origin is coming to Steam. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that um, Epic's launcher can deal with that. That's like true. A subscription service. So, all right. Um, everybody's already left the show, so we're going to go. Um, so that's that's the end of the show. Death Stranding hashtag tomorrow's in your butt. Poop Please. grenade. Already, and it goes something like this. Epic
no bad boys allowed. And then, and then I killed the dragon. Then I killed the dragon.